0: Hello, and welcome to Como It is February 9th when we're recording this, but probably sometime later when you hear it, because it's already 10 p.m. I am the Cubs and I am here with Rob Viper, as usual.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody?
0: We're back to talk about the stuff that's been going on in Lutro Libre since the last time we talked to you. It's been a busy, crazy week. It's been a busy, crazy couple days. I mean, just this last couple of days, there's been so much stuff going on. And Rob is coming back from a trip to Mexico that he wanted to talk about. Especially, he wanted to talk about before we knew anything was actually going to happen. So we're still going to do that. So that'll be interesting. Um, but how are you doing today?
1: I am four and a half days removed from returning, so I'm still catching up on my rest.
0: This is a good thing I asked you, because it's not like we've been talking for a half an hour before I did start. So no, a not a conversation. At all. Definitely. That hasn't happened. Um, you <laughs> went to Mexico for like, what was it a week and a couple days?
1: Six days, well, six and a half days in Mexico city, 12 and a half hours in Tijuana and then two full days in Monterey all for Lucha pretty much. I think there was only two days on the entire trip where I saw no wrestling. Did, how many
0: museums did you see?
1: I think I saw one passing by on the way to a wrestling show, but I did not step foot and will never step in foot of a museum ever again.
0: So even if we go, yeah. even if you find a shelf in Tijuana again, you're not going to the literal Library Museum.
1: Oh, fascinating you ask. Yes, may, that would be my one exception. Mm-hmm. And I, I, even then I would do it under protest.
0: So, what were the best shows you saw the time you the time you were in Mexico?
1: Well, the best shows were the ones basically I expected to be the best shows. Back when I was originally planning this trip, I was planning on going to the PWG show, which was January 18 or 19, I forget which day, and then the next day I was going to go see the crash and just make it easy on myself and fly from TJ to Mexico City for a week to see shows. Then everything changed when I was informed that Riot was going to run a show in Monterey on February 2nd, and I decided probably not the best idea for me personally to spend two and a half weeks in Mexico. So I switched up the dates, and instead of doing the PWG crash, I went a week later and decided to start in Mexico City and finish my trip in Monterey. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know any of the cards when I booked my trip. I was basically only looking forward to the Arena Mexico show on the Friday night, and everything else was, we'll see what I have time for, what's the easiest way to schedule everything. And... Looking back on it, and I told everybody this at the end, that if I could do it all over again, I probably would have avoided the week in Mexico City and just done TJ and Monterey. I guess I'm spoiled because I've done it so much that you know the Arena, Arena Mexico still has a lot of charm for me, especially on a Friday, but the other Arena Mexico show I went to on Tuesday was kind of dreadful. But I mean, I'm not t- trying to tell anybody who hasn't been like, oh, you don't have to go, it's not exciting. Of course it's exciting, Arena Mexico is always exciting. But the more you do it, the more you realize you don't need to be there for the Tuesday show or the Sunday show. At one point, I was considering the Saturday Arena Coliseo show, but thankfully something else came up. But the Friday show that I went to was the first highlight. Really good show. I won't go through it match by match or anything, but it had its moments. I thought the opener was decent enough for the usual CML opener. The highlight was, of course, the, the semi-main and the main event. The semi-main was the usual stars match with... Atlantis, Caristico, Volador Jr. against Ultimo Guerrero, uh, Gran Guerrero, and I'm blanking if it was Euphoria or somebody else right now. I don't think it was always oh, Cavernario. And they did their usual stuff. It was really heated. Then the main event was the Lucha Brothers returning to Arena Mexico with Diamante Azul for some reason against Diego Bernabé's version with Bestia, Rush, and Terrible. The highlight of which was Rush versus Penta, which got super heat in the building. And if they ever do a singles match in that building, it's going to be absolutely insane. Only went two falls, but it was nice watching Rush and Penta do their thing. Crowd loved it. It was a nice ending to the show. Did you sense
0: who had more support in that crowd, Rush or Pentagon fans? Oh,
1: definitely definitely Penta. It seems like whenever the Lucha Brothers show up, they always bring support to Arena Mexico. So... The crowd was doing the Zero Miedo chants super loud. They were really into it. and it wasn't. A, I mean, it wasn't one of the best three New Mexico shows I've ever been to, but it was a perfectly acceptable Friday night, something where I think if I was home watching it on video, I would say, whatever, it was a decent show. But going live, it always bumps it up a notch. So is there anything you remember from that show, or have you already put it out of your mind?
0: I think I've seen so much CML, it's already flushed out my mind. All
1: right. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. Like, if you asked me to go through match by match now, I'm not. I don't have a computer in front of me. I have my phone. I could look it up, but I don't remember most of the underneath matches. I just remember being mad because the Panther didn't, do, or Black Panther didn't do a tope, even though he promised me one.
0: That's 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 a, a future Ruder right there by making by lying about that.
1: Yeah, I don't blame him. Considering the Rudos who were there, I don't know who I'd be trusting to catch. But uh, I didn't see Microman. That was definitely a regret. I was hoping if I could squeeze in two Arena Mexico shows, he would end up on one. And then it turns out, I mean, so should I just continue on with the other shows I saw?
0: Sure.
1: I mean, other shows I saw while I was in Mexico City. The next day we went to uh, IMW, which is, no, IAW, which is Independent Army Wrestling. Really small show out in Tlahuac, which it was like a 90 to 95-minute drive because of the traffic. It, it was a really small show, which started late, and because it started late, it was outdoors, which means we lost the sunlight, and once we lost the sunlight, we lost most of our view of the ring. It was like watching Wrestling in Darkness. I mostly went because Aramis was booked, and they had a couple of other young guys who were good, but there's not much to say about this show. Just, I mean, it was a good four-way with Iron Kid, Aero, uh, Principe Aereo, and then two IWRG guys who nobody really knows, but they're they're okay. Uh, if you want to go to my Instagram, RobViper13 on Instagram, you could see all my comments and my videos that I took of the show. Everything else was kind of even the the Aramis match was supposed to be one on one with you remember Kunai? You linked to a good match with him and Iron Kid. Yeah. So supposed to be Aramis versus Kunai, but they turned it into a three way with Tromba, and unfortunately it was in the dark and it's hard to do three way spots and crazy spots in dark in darkness. So it wasn't exactly a highlight or anything. But from there, we actually left, because they put that in the semi-main, and since we couldn't see the main event, and we had no interest in it, we just took off. We drove 30 minutes to get to, the options were either back to Mexico City for Reina Coliseo, or to Gimnasio Ajusco for Lucha Libre Real, which was a random indie show. Headlined by Juventud Carrera and Mr. Aguila versus The Traumas. Do you regret not going to Mexico to see that, Cubs?
0: I, I'm glad I passed on that. I, I saw you talking about that show. It was happening. I've seen the little video from that show, and that's a show that I'm glad you have missed.
1: Yeah, it was not exactly a blowaway show, but I do think that it was the right choice because I don't think I would have had as much fun as a, at a Raina Cauley sale just because, you know, I've seen the same old guys. And at least on this show, it was all wacky. It was a long four plus hour show because everybody did interviews between matches and. They needed to have a storyline in every match, and between matches, for some reason, they had dancing with the girls every time. But the best match on the show, I would say, would be the they had a three way with Tiger versus Troiano versus Eterno. That was actually a good match, definitely worth worth uh, checking out if you have time. The other match was Robin versus Demus. They brawled into the crowd. Demus is always entertaining live. Robin didn't do jack shit, which sucks because. You can tell how limited he is when he shows up in CMLL. So you look forward to seeing him on an indie show that he'll actually do something. But unfortunately, he did nothing in this one. That was kind of a disappointment. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the top matches were Mr. Iguana and Frazero Jr. against Black Terry and Pirata Morgan, which the live crowd loved. I kind of didn't. It was two straight falls, and the veteran Rules didn't really give the other team anything. It was just a lot of brawling and a lot of blood. And the main event was exactly as I described. It was not good. It was two teams who neither team wanted to lose. And you kind of knew neither team was going to lose. So you were just waiting for the inevitable low blow. And instead, they just did Mr. Aguilar doing a planche on everybody. And then nobody got back in the ring. So it was a double count And do you remember who did the sneak attack after the match, Cubs?
0: It was it was Vangelis. It was Graco. And I think it was Criminal Junior or somebody like that. Gangster Junior. Gangster Junior. A man I've never heard of and never will hear of again, probably.
1: No, the the only thing I took out of this is now I have to research what kind of connection Graco has to Vangelis, which gets him into CMLL. Because yeah. he was the last person I expected to see show up on that show. And the one thing I will say about that show that ended up being a positive afterwards is I didn't bury the show, but I voiced my complaints. And it just on Instagram, and it just so happens that the promoter of the show follows me on Instagram, which I did not know. And he read my complaints and actually wrote me a very nice message thanking me for attending and saying he would work to improve it next time. And he agrees with most of my criticism, which is very strange because usually when I criticize indie shows in Mexico, I end up getting blocked from ever attending a show again.
0: Yeah. It's someone actually looking to improve their show instead of um, just kind of doing whatever. is is unusual in Mexico.
1: Yes, it's nice to see promoters who are open to realizing that, you know, their show might not be perfect. But I did point out a lot of the positives on the show. So we did miss the opener, which I might have enjoyed because it looked like it had a couple fun, guys. But that's what you do when you're going from show to show in Mexico, which brings us to Sunday, where I basically had four or five options of shows to see. The two shows I really wanted to see were the shows I didn't end up going to because the first show I wanted to see was the at the CAR the Central Alta. Oh man, I always screw this up. Can you try or no?
0: <laughs> it's it, Central Alta Rendimiento Rendimiento. Yeah.
1: Um, I think that's it. It's yeah, you, you awesome got crash. it. Yeah. You you did it much better than me. The Central Alto Rendimiento. yes. It's the, basically where the crash training facility is, where Pentagon and other guys train students. And it was an anniversary show, so they had a stacked lineup, headlined by the Lucha Brothers against Rush, Cibernetico, against LA Park and his skinny son, plus the debut of the new son, who's a bit on the fat side. That was definitely the best show on paper, plus a Neza later on. Then I found out that early in the day, Toriumon was running a show, and that was the show where my friends were going to. Originally, I was going to go to the show with uh, the CAR show with Mr. Guan and Frazero, mm-hmm. who were going to be kind enough to drive me there and then take me take me to the show they were going to afterwards. It was only later, I think talking to you, where I discovered that the show that they were going to afterwards was actually in Hidalgo, which is a bit of a distance from Mexico City. And I didn't want to impose on them by following them around, even though the show had Microman on it, so I would have finally got to see him live. It was actually a hysteria benefit show. So I decided to go to the Torrey show, and that show went a certain time where if I wanted to go to to the CAR show from there, it would have taken too long. I would have missed at least the first match and the second match. And then I would have had to get myself from Ecatepec all the way to Neza and I would have been stuck in Neza until like 11 p.m. or however long that show ran, which I was advised against as a gringo going alone to Neza late in the night. So my day ended up being shifted completely. I did Toriumon and then I ended up at the IWRG show, which is fine. I mean, the good thing about Mexico, if you're listening to this and you haven't been, is you'll always have options. You can spend the whole day watching Lucha. It's just a matter of whichever way you prefer traveling-wise and what you feel is the the safest way to do things. Or following your friends if they're going. Especially
0: especially on those weekends. Saturday, Sunday, there's always... If you look for it, there's always a a few shows going on.
1: Exactly. I mean, you can find... I even found out afterwards that there was a show that I could have gone to in between Toriumon and IWRG, but I'm pretty sure uh, Black Terry Jr. would not have been accommodating because he was already... You know, he goes to so many shows he gets sick of running back and forth between shows. But uh the Toriumun show was the usual Toriumun show. I'm gonna blow your mind, Cubs. You ready?
0: Yeah.
1: Ultimo dragon won the main event.
0: That's shocking. Well no, sometimes he loses to set up another match where he just gets cheated. So That's
1: true. Good point.
0: But uh, definitely Ultimo Dragon in the main event was what I would have expected.
1: Yes, and he came out of his motorcycle. He signed autographs. He was the big star. Everybody did spots around him. I mean, it was a very entertaining main event. The semi-main was good, too, because they ran an angle coming out of the third match. Like I said, if you go to my Instagram, I have the full results. I'm not going to bore everybody by going through match by match. Uh, Magnus was on the show, the Magnus from CMLL, who on CMLL, he's a nobody who gets embarrassed and humiliated every week when you see him. But on this show, he was like a hero to the kids. He did some cool moves. This was the kind of performance, the exact opposite that I complained the night before that Robin didn't do anything outside of CMLL. Magnus did the opposite. He took full advantage of being the star on this show and getting a chance to spread his wings, so to speak. There were a lot of Casas family members on this match, Veneno, there was Rocky Casas wrestling as Mandrake. Do you have any explanation for that?
0: No, I don't. Maybe that's a... I think that might be a band name.
1: Yeah, good. Yeah, he is a singer, so yeah, that could be that. So the 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 star performances, I guess, if you want to pick one out, would be Mr. Leo and Meta Leon in the second match. Had a good tag match against uh, Rocky Casas and Yoruba, who's an indie guy that a lot of people might recognize. Uh, yeah, I heard that... Uh, Either Mr. Leo, I think it's Mr. Leo, not Meta Leo. Mr. Leo is currently doing stunt work on a movie in Mexico. So he's uh, not wrestling as much, but moving on to bigger and better things, I would imagine. Yeah,
0: there's a there's a little bit of crossover, it seems like, between um, acting and low-level movie stuff and people who work around Mexico City wrestling. Because it's just, I, I know Hip Hop Man always posts photos of whatever movie he's working on or whatever TV show. So I think someone has an in there that helps working with the the IWRG guys and those guys to get them extra work.
1: That's right. Frazero does some of that work too. He looks the type. Uh, So yeah, so Torrey was fun. We went out to eat at a nearby outdoor burger location. Yes, I had a burger in Mexico city and I survived. So if you're thinking of traveling there, do not worry.
0: The only burger Uh, restaurant you've had a problem with was like Burger King.
1: McDonald's.
0: McDonald's. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So everything was cool. Uh, then we went to IWRG. We got there early, so we got to take a nap inside the arena, which was nice. Uh, that show, then, I that was actually a pretty fun show. That was the one where they did the Multifacético versus Multifacético name versus name match, which was a good match. Uh, definitely a match you can look up and watch and you'll enjoy, but live, it was kind of iffy because the crowd doesn't know the Puebla guy, and I think they only did one week of build to the match. So to them, it was like, Why is our Multifacetico facing this imposter for a name when it should be his in the first place?
0: Even their Multifacetico has not been around that promotion a lot. Because everyone is not around that promotion a lot. But that's a few that I think the promoters care about because that was originally their gimmick. But I don't think that most most of the fans probably did not go in that match caring about it a whole bunch.
1: Definitely. They were just very cold. They reacted to the spots and they chanted 2.0 in reference to the IWRG guy. But that's about it. The show also had Dragon Bane versus Cerebro Negro in a non-title match, which actually sets up a title match to having tomorrow at Arena Now which was an okay match. Not, not great, but, you know, good enough. I think people who are higher on Dragon Bane than me would watch it and say it was very good. I thought it was good. Uh, Dragon Bane is really impressive. I'm, I like that he got to work against Cerebro Negro instead of his usual opponents.
0: He's got, they're they're doing that rematch tomorrow too. So that might be a better match if that's actually the title match.
1: Yep. They, it got a little indie riffic at the end, but overall, perfectly fine. The undercard had uh, Brazo de Oro Jr. make what was announced as his debut, but somebody told me he actually had at least one previous match in the building. He's, I believe, 17 years old. He looks... If you told me Soberano was under the mask playing that role, I would believe you 100%. He looks just like him body-wise. He did a couple cool spots. Didn't exactly have a great match, but I mean, he was working with like Chef Benito and everybody's Twitter sensation now uh, tackle, or Tackle, because I tweeted out the picture and video of him. It was okay for what it was. But not great or anything.
0: This has been multiple Brazo de Oro Juniors. This is one that wrestled in Guadalajara back in 2015, and he would have been way too young to be doing it then.
1: I don't know, but uh, they also—you do? You, have you seen IWRG with the 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 tall referee, the one who's like bigger than most of the wrestlers?
0: I, I think I've seen him once. Yeah.
1: Apparently, that's another grandson of the original Brazo de Oro who doesn't wrestle. Oh. So, I mean, I'm sure maybe they're even brothers, for all we know. So the Brazil family keeps expanding, and we're getting into the fourth generation already. Uh, what else was on that show? The main event was terrible. It was the the Capos against uh, the Rocambole Jr. and Viano 5 Jr. Just an awful match, and it ended with Viano 5 doing a run, in, well, walk-in, because he's so big. And a, a low blow, pinfall, and then the decision reversal, the classic dusty finish, so to speak. Uh, But no, it was an entertaining show. Arena Alcalpan is always fun. I think I posted this on Twitter. If you have nothing else to do Sunday night, definitely go to Arena Alcalpan. You'll, You'll love the atmosphere. Crowd wasn't huge, but it was like, I would say half the building maybe. And because of the way it's set up, it sounded like a full building. Everybody's loud. You'll always see something good on the IWG shows. I never regret going there. Monday, I had nothing to do. There's no chance I'm ever going out to Puebla with the way the Puebla shows have been lately. That was the night, oh, they did that weird random tag tournament, right?
0: Right. The Diamante old tiger win. Well,
1: no, Definitely. It was a week after, I think. No, no, no. It was that week because I remember, well, when I go into the Tuesday show, like, I went out for dinner afterwards with a couple of the guys, and one of the guys was in the tag tournament. <laughs> and I mentioned to him, like, you traveled all that way to wrestle for five minutes. So we kind of had a good laugh about that. I'll leave it up to your imagination who that was. But – tuesday like i said we ended up at arena mexico uh we actually didn't even have to pay for tickets one of the guys was nice enough to let us in or to get us in on his guest pass uh, so me a friend and someone with one of the wrestlers all sat all alone in the back row because this building was not even close to full as you can imagine i know you're stunned for a tuesday show i'd Honestly, I don't even think they cracked a the thousand on this night. It was—they didn't even open the top level. It was a very poor atmosphere, I will say that. But the show was better than I thought. I think you've recapped it already, so you've definitely seen it. This was the one with the Super Astro Jr. versus Coyote match.
0: Right. Yeah, I thought that was like for whatever reason they were working harder than most Tuesdays.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was the best match of the night. Obviously, Super Astro versus Coyote, and the semi-main with Sobrano Titan. And Blue Panther versus Nitro replacing Ray Bucanero, who's in Japan. Hechicero and Shocker was good because Nitro stayed out of the way. And they really built up well. Blue Panther selling, selling, selling until the technical comeback. Soberano did some cool stuff. And the main event, they had originally had Cranio and Volcano, but thankfully they got replaced by Volador Jr. and Niebla Roja, who teamed with Angel Doro. So the main event was much better than it would have been. Volcano was still there. He was he was the guy who they put out front to sign the CML book. And I'm going to report that when I went out there to buy the Dinamitas comic, which was right beside that stand, there was approximately zero people in line to get Volcano's signature.
0: I wonder if CML decided to pull the plug or put a pause on Volcano for a while, because he has not been on TV for a couple of weeks since that he got pulled from that show. And Carino is obviously still in books, so, and he is just the spirit.
1: It's possible. The, I talked to many people in Mexico who, they, I mean, Volcano, it's no secret, Volcano used to be Warrior Steel. And they talked about remembering him in the CMO school for so many years and how he was never going to get out. He was terrible. He never improved. And now they're like, and now he's working main events, and I'm stuck working third and fourth matches. So he's, I mean, they don't talk about, it about him personally, but professionally, there's definitely resentment. And I can only imagine that guys like Atlantis Jr. and Viano 3 Jr. are going to get that same criticism unless unless they, they uh, step up their game and are better than Volcano is. Would you agree? Unless unless they
0: stop in the game or unless they they become like a big draw real quick, that people care that if it turns out to help the attendance, then uh, people get over it. But if they are having bad matches, then I, I think people they're going to get held against them,
1: right? Uh, Atlantis so
0: Jr., especially because you can tell that Miguel he Del Volano is being pushed just for his basis of this feud, but Atlantis Jr.'s headline shows on his uh, with his father already just w- without the feud, so. That's going to cause the problems.
1: And as far as I've seen, for the first two weeks, it hasn't affected Arena Mexico attendance. Nobody's specifically coming out to see Atlantis Jr. Right. So it's not a situation like I remember when Rayo de Alisco, not Rayo de Alisco Jr., the one that became Hombre Sin Nombre, first showed up at Arena Mexico. It actually bumped attendance up because people were fascinated by this third-generation Rayo. And people were interested in the new Santo when he showed up. But there or and even when CML debuted the new mystical, that got a huge crowd the first week he was in and attendance was up for the first couple weeks. But for some reason, hasn't really translated with Atlantis Jr. yet. I don't know why. I have real no explanation for it, but maybe just CML isn't I mean, CML has no TV back then. CML had TV with those guys that I mentioned.
0: Yeah, they could do a lot more promotion of it. I mean they've done a lot of media stuff with Atlantis Jr. going in, but it it, it it has not. but it, It's not the same as being a TV network, at week, a strong TV network, at week to week.
1: Mm-hmm. And just to wrap up the Tuesday show, Fuego made his return after approximately six weeks, I believe, off. Which I don't have it 100 percent sure, but it was certainly hinted to me that it was basically a timeout for his comments. So do not complain if you're a CML undercard wrestler. You know, either leave or shut your mouth. Is my advice to most guys. Would you agree?
0: I I think, or find another outlet
1: because you
0: you can't talk your way into the position in in the media with CML.
1: Yes. I mean, if if they've established you in a role, I think, I think the best example of this is Puma King. They have you in their role. So, you know, if you think you're talented enough, you need to leave because you're never going to get a chance. That's just, CML works in weird ways, and that's one of the weird ways. Wednesday night was another night where there was no wrestling, so that was my second night with no ret- with just relaxing, seeing the sights. I walked around Mexico City, did some stuff with friends. Thursday, I actually went back to Arena Alcalpan at night because they had a show. I forget the name. Well, it starts with a C. Do you remember Castellanos Castel-la- or something?
0: Castellazzi. I've I've never heard it pronounced, but it's like Castellazzi. It's a whoever the sponsor is. I think it's the medical products, or that might even be a different name. But yeah, it's whatever. It's a French guy MMA guy's promotion, basically.
1: Right. The ones who wrestle is the Montes. There's there's like three of them. There was a fourth one that showed up on this show. Basically, these guys have money. They want to do wrestling shows, and they do them wherever they can. They were partnered up with Pura Raza, if people remember back when Pura Raza used the Briscoes, and Christopher Daniels back in August of 2018. And now they do it on their own in Arena Calpan and in other smaller arenas when they get a chance. I think they were the ones that did the lucha show that was in a UFC cage, right? Right. So we went to their show. It was it didn't look too appealing on paper, but, I mean, it was the only thing to do. Plus, my friend Black Terry Jr. was working the show, so I figured, you know, why would I sit back at the hotel or be out doing something else when there's a wrestling show going on. So I went down to see it and it didn't start on time. I should note that it looked like there were about 10 people filming the show, 15 photographers at ringside. So I'm not going to go through match by match. You can probably find it plastered all over YouTube on every Lucha Libre channel you look at. They had two different professional teams there filming it. Uh, The match, the poster had like six matches, maybe seven matches on it. It ended up being nine because there were two extra ones for whatever reason involving guys I've never heard of and also Kevin of the Nerds from DTU. Uh, Very bad matches. Like, nothing on this show is worth going out of your way to see maybe the Blue Panther and Black Panther against Solar and Solar Jr. match, but Even that was just a rushed version of their usual technical match. I I felt like the fans were ready to throw money before they even had the match itself, which is kind of silly. Uh, Aramis was on the undercard in a screwed up eight-man tag where he looked amazing in about 30 seconds, but the rest of the match was stupid. And I heard Ricky Marvin had no interest in the match at all, and it showed on the finish where he like shoot powerbombed La Mosca, which was pretty disturbing to watch. Uh the main events all had the French guys, obviously. Well, one of them be Dr. Cerebro for his hair. The other one they won foam tag team titles. Yes, like those old WWF foam titles you could buy in stores for kids. They won foam titles from Zumbi and Hedi Karui. Yeah. Where what were these titles? TWF?
0: TWS, Total Wrestling Stars from Cancun.
1: Man, that's why you run Lucha Blog. They, uh, yeah, the matches were both terrible. The crowd didn't give a shit about any of it. The main event, actual main event on the show was Ultimo Guerrero and Grand Guerrero versus Electroshock and Charlie Rockstar. And they put as much effort into this match as La Mascara put into his AAA performance last night. It was dreadful. But they got paid well because, like I said, these guys have money. So that's right. I, I will note that even with those guys headlining and arguably much bigger stars than Sunday in IWRG, the Sunday Now Call Punch I was at had more people than this show. So this show was definitely a money loser, but the whole point of this show is to lose money. So I guess it was successful if you look at it by that logic. There are
0: promotions put on to you so that the people can wrestle, and if they make money, that's if they don't lose a lot of money, then that's a benefit, but it's obviously, that's, a, that's not what the promotion is not to be a business.
1: Yep, and I think the the actual highlight of the night for me was before the show, hanging out in the building, we met uh, Miguel Fonseca. Do you recognize that name?
0: Miguel Fonseca is the guy who used to work for CML, right? Am I think no. I work for AAA. I'm thinking, yes. of, I'm thinking of different Miguel. I'm thinking of the other Miguel, because both Miguel's were on that episode.
1: Yes, here to give Reduncido. Yeah. So this Miguel used to work for AAA for many, many, many years. He also did a lot of things on the in the early days on the internet of Lucha Libre. He actually had one of the first Lucha Libre websites where you would post results of shows and collaborated with many people, including Super Luchas. I don't w-
0: remember, but we actually met him at the AAA office before, too.
1: Like, I, it's funny It's funny you say that, because I do remember, and I mentioned it, and he didn't remember.
0: Ah, it was not a long meeting.
1: <laughs> but no, I clearly remembered meeting him, because he said, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And I said, well, we're not meeting, because me and my friend met you when we went to the AAA office, and he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we had a meeting with uh, so-and-so, and... He's like, no, I don't remember that at all. But we had a nice long conversation about the early days of lucha and talking about how it's evolved and what he works on now. How happy he is because he does a lot of work. He doesn't work for any of the major companies anymore. He's just uh, he works with a lot of independent companies. And on this show, he was help helping backstage, putting together the matches and everything. He seems very happy. He was a super nice guy, and I like talking with people like that. People who actually you know, understand it and can relate to some of my current pains with Lucha Libre. So he's a very bright guy. I kind of wish that he would have more of a voice on the internet because I'm sure he has a lot of wisdom to share. But he's kind of out of that scene right now. Yeah, I think
0: one of the things that are different with uh, Mexican wrestling as opposed to like U.S. and maybe Canada and Europe is that the people who actually have power or actually in charge behind the scenes are a lot quieter than... People actually know things Don't make a big statement about knowing things On Twitter and such
1: Man can you imagine If the US was like that
0: That would be crazy
1: Well, there would be no reason for wrestling Twitter to exist No so <laughs>
0: it, it, there's not even, It's not even like there's The fans who pretend that they know stuff It's like the, the actual promoters too Do not go start bragging about what they've done at the shows with a couple notable exceptions
1: A couple notable yes Uh so, yeah, that was Thursday. And then uh, Friday I had a, well, not early flight, but I like to sleep in. So for me, it was early flight to TJ, where I waited for my buddy Puma King to take his flight and show up. And we went to the EMW show at the Auditorio de Tijuana. My second time there, the first time I was there was with you. We sat front row for the crash. Do you remember who's in the main event of that show?
0: It was Alberto was in, definitely in that main event because I remember it wasn't good. It was the the one that the Phoenix Mesquera draw the match for sure, but I don't remember exactly what the main event was.
1: I believe it was Alberto and someone against La Mascara and Jeff Cobb.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Jeff Cobb seemed out of place there.
1: I can't remember who the third guy. Oh, it was Rush, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And originally, because our tickets have Rim Stereo pictured on it, but... It got changed up. So yeah, this was my second time at the Auditorio. I was annoyed immediately because I figured since I'm coming with Puma, there's a special entrance for the wrestlers. But no, we had to fight our way through the fans who all wanted pictures. Cheap plug, which you can see on the new Puma King video log on YouTube. Uh, You can see the trouble he was having getting through everybody who wanted pictures and autographs just to get into the building. Uh, This show was... Interesting, for many reasons, There was it was uh, Sammy Guevara defending his cruiserweight title against Loreto Kid, And I think both of us were thinking Loreto Kid might actually win the title. It turns out he didn't win the title. Spoiler, if you haven't seen the match yet. There was also a good three-way undercard match, which had to get changed because Toxin suffered a leg injury while training, which appears to be serious, which is going to keep him out a couple months at least. He ended up getting replaced by Arcangel Divino uh the, the show sold out i will say that that was definitely good because i wasn't sure because i think they had the crash sold out the week before was it the week before two weeks before yeah yeah it was two weeks before and i know there were a couple of people there who were actually wondering whether they were going to sell out or not but i don't know triple a and emw they always do good when they come to t1 it always seems like they have good crowds Those shows in Crash usually do good. And then if if one show is going to be affected, it seems like it's always the Crash because they run so often. EMW is good about keeping it every two months or so. And the show started with, uh, oh man, what do they call it? They called it like From the Streets to the Ring where they had two guys who are locals do an exhibition match. I forget their names, but they did pretty good. Of course, the first match ends with the top rope Canadian Destroyer. So right away, I'm rolling my eyes because if you do that, what else do the next guys have to aspire to? Uh, The second match was the Mexicali guys against the Tijuana guys. Really good. A lot of of cool high spots. Back and forth, the crowd was really into the TJ guys, but the Mexicali guys cheated to win. Uh, That's setting up a rematch, I presume, on the next TMW show or on the Mexicali shows. The TJ guys are going to go down there. Third match was Aerostar and Drago against uh, Aramis and Archangel Divino against Black Boy, a.k.a. Black Destiny, and Black Danger. This was a really good trios match. Lots of moves, everything you would expect. Aerostar debuted a springboard off the second rope to the floor dive, which was really awesome. Aramis looked tremendous. My second day of role of seeing him. This time he actually got more than 30 seconds to work. Uh, the winners ended up being the Drago team, of course, you would figure, going going in. But the TJ guys looked really good and got over. There were far less Canadian Destroyers than I predicted. I think this match only had actually won, which was surprising, because mm-hmm. I was expecting them to go all out just to annoy me. <laughs> but that ended up being saved for the next night. Uh, now my memory is foggy. What was after this? Oh, after this one was the the hardcore match with nicho and tony casanova against ciclope and miro extremo i only caught parts of this but the crowd loved it tijuana loves their hardcore wrestling they use glass they use thumbtacks i told the people in the next match that i feel sorry for you because now you're gonna have to wrestle in the ring and hope that it gets cleaned up but they actually spent about half an hour cleaning up the ring and then they sent out la parka to do his comedy match everybody was surprised to that la parka actually agreed to not only do this show but was wrestling fourth from the top below sammy guevara and loretto kid that's actually pretty incredible if you've heard stories of laparca in the past where he will only do the main event and i don't know i just i found it fascinating whoever talked him into it deserves a medal for that this was good i thought nino you know, amburguesa got over more as the star basically there was a lot of weirdness in the match because laparca wasn't selling for lady maravilla and she seemed actually offended by it at some point. I think she got offended at one point because she gave him the finger and he pretended like he was jerking off using her finger. And then she gave him a couple stiff forearms, which he kind of laughed off in a very obvious way that the crowd was not laughing at comedy, but laughing at Lady Maravilla. And I, I think she wanted to be taken a little more seriously than that. So that was kind of the awkwardness in that match. Uh, the Technicos ended up going over. They did continue the AAA storyline that they're doing on TV where Nino Humberguesa didn't want to hit Lady Maravilla and she was manipulating him by using her womanly powers over him, so to speak. Uh, semi-main was, for the Cruiserweight title, Sammy versus Loretto Kid. There was no title belt. You're going to have to tweet Sammy. Please, if you're listening to this, tweet Sammy and ask him why he didn't have the title with him in Tijuana. It was an okay match. Probably not the high-end match you would expect with these two. Definitely, uh, they were taking it easy match uh sammy ended up loretto got the visual pinfall with the 450 but sammy ended up when the ref got got up sammy i forget what sammy did but sammy did something i think he low blowed him and then hit his torture rack ddt move to pin him and then they did an angle where loretto kid it's funny loretto kid actually left the ring after the match and then had to run back into the ring because i guess he forgot that he had a storyline coming up And when he ran back into the ring, he was followed by Ciclope and Miero Extremo who attacked him while beer was being thrown. They insulted the Tijuana crowd, which brought out Black Danger and Black Boy to attack them, do dives onto them, and do challenges over the mic, setting up a match for the next show, which I presume will be a hardcore match, since both teams do the hardcore style. And then the main event was Psycho Clown, who was super over, Puma King, who was over, and Brian Cage playing a technical on this show against Killer Cross, who was not over at all, and nobody seemed to know at all. Uh, Daga, and who was the third in this match? Do you remember? Oh, Phantasma. Yeah. So they had a pretty good match. Right away, there was a problem. They called for the paramedics, and I couldn't figure out why, because from my vantage point, I didn't see anything, and I assumed it was a fan. But somebody who had a better view tweeted me that, Early in the match, uh, something happened where Loretto ke- or Psycho Clown cut his hand, and it was bleeding pretty badly, so they needed the paramedic to come bandage him up. If you watch the AAA taping from last night, you can see his hand is still taped up. I cannot stress enough how hard this Psycho Clown guy works. He didn't miss a single show, even with something that like that happening to him. He, didn't, he could have just walked out from this match and gotten it fixed, but he stayed and got taped up and continued the match. He did dives. He did everything in this match. I would... I can never, that is like, you know they say John Cena's really the hardest working guy in WWE? That's Psycho Clown in AAA. He, every night, he's out there giving the fans what they want. So, all the kudos to him. Match was pretty good, actually. I mean, a lot of brawling, very AAA house show style. But Pooh and Daga did some cool stuff together. Uh, like I said, Psycho worked hard. Psycho ended up getting the clean pinfall at the end. I couldn't even believe it. I was expecting usual triple A nonsense, but they ended the show happy. The show was only like three and a half hours. Everything flowed really nicely, aside from the half an hour where they had to clean up the ring after the hardcore match. Definitely better than the Arena Mexico show I saw the previous Friday. The second best match I saw, and the, the second best show I saw on the trip, which brings us to the next night. Which was we,
0: you went to right in Monterey.
1: I did. We actually, by the time we got out of TJ and we're back at the hotel resting up, it was like 1.30. And our flight was at 5 a.m. So we basically just, a bunch of us who were attending the show were all on the same flight. So we just hung out. And we made our way to the airport. We got on the flight. We showed up in Monterey and got picked up by our good friend Alfredo, who was nice enough to order a van since we had so many people. And then we realized we didn't actually need the van, but whatever. It took us to the took us out to eat, and then took us to the hotel so we could all catch up on some sleep for the show later on. Uh, the riot show was actually. Do you want to ex- explain the concept of the riot show?
0: The Riot show was um, it was PWG's mystery vortex. It was they didn't announce a single person on the show before it happened or any matches, so everyone was a surprise. So there had to be some work trying to keep people secret from the crowd too.
1: Yes, there was a separate entrance for the wrestlers, which I hadn't seen my previous two times at Riot. Was that two times or one time? I think only one time. Yeah, one time that I was at Riot, but second time at that building. Uh, They also made sure the wrestlers showed up earlier, of course, but Riot's kind of like PWG in the sense. I don't want to overdo the comparison, although I do think there is a comparable, but like the fans show up early and stand outside, just like PWG, which is always like fans who attend Mystery Vortex for PWG, the the way, if you've ever been to Rosita, is like the lineup is right outside the door that the wrestlers go in. So you see the people entering. So the fans of the show probably kind of spoil their own surprise. But here, you know, since it's Mexico, a lot of luchadors have masks. They wear their hoods. So they kept the secret pretty good. I think the only name they kind of teased on social media was Bandito. So I think some people were expecting Bandito. But from talking to fans before the show who were attending, who... I just went around and happened to know, or I just flat out asked them. People were people thought Sammy was going to show up because Sammy Guevara is kind of like, well, he calls himself Mr. Riot. So I think people kind of figured he would be there. Uh, people thought Hechicero was going to show up. Some people were thinking because Eric Ortiz, who's a regular Riot guy, is doing a winning streak gimmick. And some people thought Hechicero would show up to challenge him because they're two technical guys. Uh, a lot of people thought Jack Evans was going to be there. And I don't know if you saw, but on Twitter, Jack actually trolled some people and said he is going to be there. Uh, some people thought Ares was going to be there, even though Ares is very clearly in China right now. Who else was one of the, are the names? Has
0: the has money, flying him back for a night.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't be so cheap, Fredo. Uh, there was some other name that people tossed out there that was going to be there that now I can't remember. Oh, man, it's totally slipping my mind now. But there, it was basically, a lot of people had a lot of expectations. But in the end, uh, I think all the surprises got over, including one that I was sure 100% wouldn't get over. But the promoter and my friend Fredo kept insisting, no, trust me, this is going to get over. And he was right. He knows Monterey way better than I do. So I bowed down to him. The show was announced as a sellout. I believe it. He actually told me a story about... There was one show where uh, they, this, this, didn't sell, this didn't set the right attendance record, but this is the first show they officially sold out. The explanation being the last show that set the attendance record was, uh, I think it was below, or maybe it was a different one. Now I can't remember. But basically what happened was they have somebody at the door taking tickets from fans who come in. And they can't sell more than a certain number of tickets because of fire code restrictions and everything, because they do have a commissioner there. What happened was the person who's supposed to be keeping track of that at the door stepped away. And the person who took over just kept selling tickets to whoever was coming to the point that they had too many people in the building, which is how they set their attendance record. But they can't set that attendance record anymore because it was illegal. So
0: at least as long as they're in that building.
1: Exactly. I was, I Kind of want them to move to a different building because I think with kind of the buzz that they have, they could get more of a crowd. Uh, Especially, it,
0: it's a hard thing because they have they have the great buzz, but the they have people like that building and that building comes off pretty well. So I don't know what the next building up would be like.
1: Maybe the smaller part of Ignacio Nuevo Leon where NGX runs.
0: Maybe that may be too maybe. nice of a building, right?
1: <laughs> That's true. The uh. I will note the one funny thing that I saw in this building that I didn't notice last time is there's a sign when you go in on the wall that says you are not permitted to record any portion of the show, especially not full matches or stream anything. They specifically mention on Facebook or on Twitter. That is a fascinating concept for Mexico.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that if it happened in Mexico City, everyone would be just vastly confused.
1: And you can, you can control it more in a smaller building like this because you can see who's actually holding the camera. Whereas like in arena San Juan, somebody could be filming on the third level and you can't see them. Or by the time you get up there, they claim they weren't recording, but we've already gone into the specifics of that. Uh, the show started with the promoter in the ring, just introducing everybody, mentioning that show, the show will be available on their pivot share, which is Riot. Which is uh riot. Is it Riot Lucha?
0: Right. Lucha. Got pivot do, we share have, got... do we have a date about when the show will be available?
1: We don't, but I have seen the video has started to be put together. There's a video preview up already, so they're ready. You know, they're they're on it. They're going to get it up soon, I hope. Mm -hmm. And also on the High Spots Wrestling Network, I would be remiss in not mentioning. Mm -hmm. This is good. I mean, this is a company that's actually got their stuff out there and is organizing it, log- organizing it. you know, they've got a couple shows up. They've got one show for free up if you want to just try it out. It sounds, def- this is
0: stuff that, you know, you see like maybe 30, 40 different U.S. indies do this, but this is way ahead of the game for a Mexico indie.
1: Right, and I'm happy that they've gotten on the ball, so kudos to Fredo and Riot for doing that. The show started with him in the ring, like I said, plugging it, which led to the first match, which was Eric Ortiz, who got a huge pop because he's one of the regulars there. Like I said, he's on a win streak, and his opponent was a guy named Madness, who I'm not overly familiar with, but he I was told he used to be a regular, and then he retired for something like five years, and this was his third official match back in the ring. So I cut him some slack on a couple spots where he looked a little iffy, but the match overall was really good. Eric's a, Eric's a super professional. He's been around for a long time, He knows how to work with a guy like this. There was a spot where Madness did a somersault dive. And his foot ended up smashing into the face of Ortiz, whose eye looked pretty bad. I think if you check Riot's Twitter, there's a picture of it. Or I think Facebook, not Twitter. But he continued the match, and he ended up winning to keep the win streak going. Very good. Crowd liked it. Second match was uh, was Willie Banderas who's half of, uh, I think it's, is it the Guanato brothers? Yeah. So it's Willie Banderas and Chica Tormenta from Guadalajara. I I don't know this for a fact, but I think that the original plan was uh, Willie's usual partner, Brian, was supposed to come and be on the show. He'd be Brian Vila. But the day of the show, there was an accident, or the day before the show, there was an accident where he was working on his car and doing something to the... The radiator, I believe. And somehow there was an accident where he ended up getting burned. And he even posted pictures on his Facebook of all his arms just completely fried. And there was no way he was going to be able to wrestle on the show. So things had to be changed around a bit. And that's why I think it ended up being Chica Tormenta, who's a woman, with Willie Banderas against Prometeo, who used to wrestle as Kamikaze, I believe. And Kratos, who's a longtime guy who's been working right for a long time. These guys are really good. I would definitely search out their stuff if you're looking for under-the-radar guys in Mexico. This was a pretty good tag team match. Willie was off in a couple spots. I think maybe... I don't know if it was nerves, because I know he loves working riot, and he's usually better than this, but he had a couple moments where he was iffy. Still did a couple cool things. The Chica looked amazing. Chica is one of the rare girls you'll find in Mexico who can actually work, especially against guys. Uh, they did a cool spot where, uh, Willie was on the ground on the outside. There are no mats, by the way, this is concrete. Then, uh, Prometeo was standing on the apron. Kamikaze ran at him and monkey flipped him off the apron into a senton on the floor, which was batshit insane. The finish ended up being a spot that they do regularly that I don't think a lot of people have seen where Prometeo go or Kratos bends over and Prometeo runs and jumps and does a 450 off his own partner's back, which she crushed really on, which was amazing. And got the pin one, two, three. Prad gave it a nice ovation afterwards. I thought this was an excellent match. And afterwards, or during an admission, I was talking with Kratos and I asked him when his next booking is, and he said, not for another month. That is insane for a luchador not to have a booking for a month. Like I said, more people have to have their eyes on these guys. These guys are really good. Prometeo especially. I think Prometeo is a little better than Kratos. And definitely a guy that if he just got some more bookings, I mean, this guy might just take off. Right.
0: Uh, He's looked good on the other right shows. He he needs a little bit more personality, I think. But, um, But his moves are really good. So I think he's a guy who would just benefit a lot if he got booked a lot more, too.
1: Yep, if you watched, uh, there's a Please Don't Die five-way match with him that is just incredible, that people should look up on one of the past shows. The third match was the first, uh, technically the first surprise, real surprise guys that were flown in. It was Latigo, who's coming fresh off his tour of China for OWE. I think this was actually his first match back in Mexico. He came out, and the crowd actually didn't recognize him at first because he came out wearing his new mask that he had from... China, which is a combination of him, Ares, and Skyda. And I think the fans were just confused at who actually it was. Because when he got in the ring and then he took off that mask, then they realized, oh, it's Latigo. And they gave him a nice ovation. And his opponent was Belial from the Indestructibles. They had a really, really, really good technical match. These guys, it's like, I think that they knew that later on there was going to be a match that was going to go out. There was going to be balls out. Just Two young guys killing each other, doing all the dives. And so they made the conscious decision, I know for a fact, to go out there and work a more, I don't want to say professional, but more standard, doing more mat work, doing more smart spots back and forth, more near falls. And I think it was the crowd might have wanted something different, but these guys worked so hard that they eventually got them into it. There were a lot of cool spots. There was Latigo is fantastic. I cannot put this guy over enough. And here's a here's something for the people who actually listen to the podcast that I don't think is available out there. Latigo is a family member of someone in CMLL, as I found out. His uncle is Razio.
0: Did you know that? I did not know that. Tell you before you told me that a few days ago. So, but no, oh, I but forgot it. it. It's too bad that that's a family member who doesn't get who doesn't get in CML when some of the other family members <laughs> do.
1: It's fascinating, right? Like, there's, there's a couple of guys who have family members in CMLL that just can't get through the door. Like, I mean, look at the Viano 3 Jr. in AAA, couldn't get a shot, and he's much better than the one that's in CMLL. But yeah, so Latigo told me that, and I made him prove it, so it's not bullshit. He actually proved it to me. Uh, he does a lot of Skyda inspired offense now. Skyda's another one who used to regularly work with Razio.
0: He used to work with Raziel, and he's um, over in China, or was over in China training the OWE guys.
1: I think he came back, but he's on his way back already, so he's going to be spending a lot of time over there.
0: That doesn't seem like he's spent a lot of time in one place for for a while, so that's pretty big that he's going over to China for a while.
1: Yes, definitely, and everybody who works with him there has been putting him over, so yeah, this match was good. Uh, Latigo ended up winning with a double underhook angel wings off the top rope which I lecture him about afterwards because he definitely needs an actual finisher besides that because not many people are going to be taking that move. And he said he's working on it. I would go about maybe three and three quarters for a match like this if you're going star-wise. Definitely wise. Definitely a match you should consider checking out when it hits the pivot share. After this was the match leading into intermission, we had Loretto Kid, one third of the AAA trios champions, taking on Arrow Boy. Who was another surprise on this show? Uh, this was, for me, the match of the night. It was just excellent. I think uh, Arrow Boy, I didn't think he had it in him, to be, to be quite honest, to have a match like this, but he stepped up his game. Loretto Kid traded back and forth with him. Loretto Kid was working about 10 times harder than he was the previous night in Tijuana. They did a bunch of cool shit. Loretto Kid did his crazy moonsault dive that I never expected him to do. I think. That's part of the thing you mentioned earlier with the whole the atmosphere and the building and how it's such a great building that everybody loves. The crowd is so great for these Riot shows, which is why I compared to PWG, that it makes the wrestlers step up their game because they want that pop. They want that reaction. That's one of the reasons I just love attending these Riot shows.
0: I guess it, it, if we make another PWG comparison, it's like um, being in Versita for all those years where that crowd kind of made them better. And you wonder... If they would find a location like PWG found the globe, if that would work out for them, or if it would change the atmosphere, because that was always a big concern with PWG changing places.
1: Exactly. So these guys just tore it up. Probably like a four-star match, I would say. I think people are gonna love it when they see it. They built up the finish real well. The finish was super sick. I uh, can't say good. Can't say enough good thing good about this match. Fans threw money afterwards. Excellent. Then we went to intermission. After intermission, we came back with the match that I actually knew the surprise going in. And that's why I told uh, Fredo, I don't think it's going to get over. And he assured me it would. It was, first of all, the the Un-Mexicans came out, which were uh, Kayanti and Lord Byron, who are regulars. And they work NGX and a lot of local groups in Monterey. They came out with a guy named Dash, who was their second. I didn't, I don't know much about him, do you? He's the, isn't he like the ring announcer most of the time on those shows? Man, you know, I have no idea to be quite honest, but, but,
0: but yeah, he was a former wrestler he, or he's like a semi-retired wrestler who was part of the un
1: Yeah. He came out as their second and their opponents were Simbolo and Golden Boy, who were part of a big family in Monterey, big family wrestlers in Monterey and they wrestled in all the buildings there every weekend. You can find them in results. They used to, when we used to get multimedia's TV and they were airing the Arena Coliseo matches, these guys were all over those shows. Yeah. So I thought that the hardcore crowd here for Riot would react negatively to seeing them. Much to my surprise, when they stepped out, they got a huge reaction of boos, which for some reason quickly turned into cheers, because people were actually happy to see them. And they were super over during the match. The crowd liked seeing them. They, they had a good match. It was they right away. They set up the they set up a, ta- a chairs with a board on top of it on the floor, kind of like a makeshift table. So you knew how the match was going to end. It was just a matter of getting to there. A lot of stiff chops, uh, a couple of nice dives, and in the finish they had the spear through the board spot. And uh, the Mexicans ended up going over when Cayetano did a moonsault. And then afterwards the crowd all stood stood up and wanted to take pictures with Simbolo and Golden Boy. I think the whole point of booking this was nobody, as Fredo explained to me, is that nobody expected them to be there. So you get the pop for just seeing them because nobody associates these guys with Riot. That may be actually the one promotion in Mexico they've never worked with because, sorry, in Monterey that they've never worked with because they work literally everywhere else. They they actually arena-hug wars, like in one of their backyards where their house is, and they run shows every Sunday. So it's, it's not like these fans haven't seen them before they just didn't expect to see them in this place on this night the semi-main event was aramis my third straight night seeing him fourth on this trip uh, and all in different cities which is pretty incredible versus demonio del aire who is the ex baby extreme have you seen baby extreme i
0: saw him on previous right shows
1: okay and then he he's he works uh a lot of like the NDA type shows in Arena Coliseo, right?
0: Yeah, he works on the undercard of those shows, so was, this is a bigger spot for him than usual.
1: Right, and he was facing a Remus who didn't get the strongest reaction coming out, but, I mean, I knew, I had no doubts. The guy's so talented that he would win the crowd over. But I think the crowd was just expecting a little bit of a bigger name. Uh, but they definitely popped for Baby Extreme, a.k.a. Demonio Delire. They They liked him. This match I think it started it started too slow for its spot on the card. I think they should have really just gone right into all their back and forth high spots. But after they got done with the whole feeling out process and they picked up the pace, it was just nonstop madness, excitement, just absolute craziness. I won't spoil all the moves, but like Aramis killed him with the tope, did all the Aramis stuff you would expect him to do. Baby Extreme kept up, did a couple cool spots. There was a double stomp off the top by Aramis that knocked the wind completely out of Baby Extreme and you could, or Demon Delirium, and you could tell because he was down for a while, and then he was a little slower on some of the spots that happened afterwards. They did a lot of good near falls. They did an actual Canadian destroyer that version that looked cool. That wasn't the typical lame one that you would see in the next match, <laughs> and uh, the finish ended up being. Uh, Demonia Deliria winning with a 4.50 over Ramis. Crowd gave it a nice ovation. Crowd threw money. Uh, very good, very good semi-main event. Probably the third best match on the show, or could be moved up to the second best match, depending on what you thought of Latigo versus Bellio. I could go either way. The main event was the big surprises of the night, obviously. First, Bandito came out, got an absolutely monstrous reaction. There's video online. You should definitely check it out. The crowd just losing their mind seeing him there. Uh his family actually came up or came down, whatever the direction is from Torreon to see him wrestle. They came up. Up, okay. Yeah, and,
0: we had a discussion while you were in Mexico about how you have no idea of geography or you know, triangles or you know anything. So keep going.
1: Yeah. It's it's tough. That's that's the, the whole thing when I talked about How I was going to follow Mr. Iguana, until I realized they were going to Hidalgo, and Hidalgo's not exactly, or remember, when I was planning this trip, and at one point I was like, maybe I'll go watch the AAA taping in Madero. I thought I would just go to Madero. I didn't realize it was like a six-hour bus trip. But, uh, yeah, so then Sammy Guevara came out, got a huge reaction also with the crowd going crazy. This was a first-time-ever dream match, basically. Sammy did mic work before the match, basically told Bendito this is his house and he's Mr. Raya. And then they had a match. I mean, this is exactly what you would expect from Bendito versus Sammy. It was the perfect match for this type of crowd. Uh, Sammy wasn't over the top playing heel. The crowd went back and forth between who they supported, although it felt like at the end they were mostly in favor of Bendito. But they were popping for all of Sammy's spots. They did a... Very, 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 very dumb sequence of, like, six Canadian destroyers in a row, and then two... This is
0: the thing that you've seen go viral on Sammy's Twitter account since.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Whoever filmed it should be shot. But this was... Yeah, that was the only part of the match that I kind of soured on. I mean, the rest was good, but... And then I was ready to bitch out Sammy for doing this purposely just to troll me, and it turns out it was Bandito's idea, so... (laughs) Maybe maybe they should avoid that ROH contract.
0: No, <laughs> maybe they did a really good, effective job of trolling you after all.
1: Maybe, but it was it was amazing. The finish, uh, Bandito ended up going over using his, I think it's called the twenty one gun suplex, the reverse German off the ropes. Uh, crowd loved it. Crowd gave it a standing ovation. Threw money into the ring. Bandito's chest was bleeding from chops that they gave each other. Uh, I got texts from Alfredo apologizing for all the Canadian destroyers. That was very nice of him. Promoters were so nice to me on this trip. What the hell, man?
0: Yeah, if they really knew you, they, that would change.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, it was a super show. Definitely the best show of my, the entire trip to, when I was down there in Mexico. And I So much so that I kind of said to myself that I'm going to make it uh, so that I go to every riot show going forward. But then after the show, Fredo kind of told me they were thinking of running again in early March. And I was like, I don't know if I can come back in early March, especially since it's the same weekend uh, that they're doing PWG and the crash in March. So I'm already booked for that. And I told him, why don't you just hold off until after WrestleMania weekend or something? But I think he might want to get it in before then. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, I'm really happy for him that they were able to sell out with no matches and no talent announced. That means the company's definitely got something going for them. Not many companies can do something like that, especially in Mexico, where advertising names is actually important. And afterwards, we went to the usual riot after party, which had some delicious food, nice people to talk with, entertainment. Everything was awesome. And to conclude the trip on the Sunday, we really had no plans. There was, This was like a rare Sunday where... For, for whatever reason, the buildings are like shut, not shut down, but nobody's running them. There was no Arena Coliseo show. There was no Gimnazio Nueva León. The only option was Teresa Elma, which runs every week. It's a just a really small building in the middle of nowhere with a ring set up, just like you would find in Mexico. Dogs running around ringside. Uh, we went there. and The other option after that was Arena Jaguar, which I mentioned earlier, that also runs every Sunday night. But once you sent me the poster and it had El Alejito in the main event, we decided maybe Arena Haguar wasn't the best idea. So the Teresa Alma show ended up being quite an experience solely for the fact that it was on Super Bowl Sunday and a lot of the guys they had booked weren't actually going to be there. So it was a very small, limited crew. There was only about 10 fans there for a long time until finally... About 10 more showed up, so it ended up being 20 fans.
0: So they, slightly more fans than wrestlers.
1: Just slightly, yes. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, they had such a small small crew on a normal Lucha show, there'd be way more wrestlers. But on this one, they had two guys in the opener. One of them ended up doing double duty, and they only did five matches in total. So there were, what, five matches times two minus one? Nine guys total, basically, on the show. Yeah. And they had uh, the whole idea of the show, they even had a, the poster outside, was that they were going to see Chica Tormenta from Guadalajara against La, Bo- La Baronesa, Because the company is actually named Pro Regio Woman. Did you know that? I
0: did not know that.
1: I did not know that either. So it's a women's federation. I knew that there would be a lot of women on the show because that's what they were advertising. But then because so many people know show, those were the only two women that ended up being there. And for whatever reason, they didn't end up doing that match, even though they had both those women there. Uh, there's not really nothing worth mentioning from the undercard. The top of the card ended up, they did did, uh, they did uh, Eric Ortiz versus Chica Tormenta and La Baronesa versus Latigo as the top two matches. Both matches were whatever, usual men versus women stuff. I mean, they weren't. It was a very simple crowd, I'll put it that way. They chanted a lot of things that would be inappropriate in the United States. They didn't mind when the women were getting the shit kicked out of them. Basically, this is a match where if I put up clips on YouTube or on Twitter, I would get called out by the sensitive American people. But listen, countries have different standards. Neither match was particularly great or anything. La Baronesa did not impress me either in or out of the ring. Like, if if I'm, if I'm you're listening to this because you want me to bury people, she would definitely be high on the list. There were about three people, two of which women that I met on this trip that were definitely, I could definitely say some things if I wanted to, but I'm going to bite my tongue. Uh, and, yeah, then afterwards we went to watch the end of the Super Bowl in an IHOP while we ate, and that was Mexico. The next day I returned home.
0: The one thing from the right show, I think because this came up on Twitter, just so we can stay it again here, But that Sammy worked that show and um, was booked in advance on that show before he was booked for I mean, any MLW show. As we know when both things were booked and one was, and the right show goes back to December. And under impression, unless something weird happened, that MLW did not contact Sammy until January, so. Um, MLW seems pretty convinced that they that somehow time did not work that way, but like Sammy was in the right, and it was not it was not cool how MLW obviously leaked to the to PW Insider and probably to Wrestling Observer who didn't even do anything with it. Um, that Sammy was double booked when it was really their fault that he was double booked to begin with.
1: Yeah, and I mean I have no stake in this game at all, and I'm the living proof that what you just said is correct because. I booked my my trip. I already told the story about why my dates changed, where I was going. I booked this trip when I knew that Bandito and Sammy was going to be the main event. And I booked my trip back in middle of December. So, you know, at that point, he had accepted the booking. There was no, hey, you're also booked for MLW. That came up much later. So good for Sammy for sticking with it. I think you mentioned on Twitter that this was a secret show he was never announced for. So he could have easily just said hey, I have to go work this MLW show because I agreed to the date ahead of time. But instead, he went with the truth. The truth being, listen, I agreed to this date before MLW, and I'm sticking to it. End of story. Whoever whoever doubts that or wants to voice concerns, I mean, it's just flat out a lie. This is the truth. You can argue it all you want. You might have to look inside your own company to figure out where the miscommunication took place. But there's no fault on Sammy, and there's no fault on Riot here. They went above... they went exactly how you're supposed to when you're booking wrestlers and the story.
0: So it's so the being Mexico, if people wanted to see those shows, the, I think some of the EMW show is up on YouTube. I haven't looked at the Tijuana channels lately and that the mm-hmm. right show will eventually show up on their pivot chair. And then the other ones probably no, well, the CML ones are obviously on YouTube already. And yes. Not. Uh, there are some handheld. there's a lot of handhelds of the Lucholi Real and the um, Matias ones, but I don't think you need to go out of your way to find them.
1: No, there's, you don't need to go out to see the other ones that I mentioned. I mean, they were all, like, the one in Monterey, and then the the Sunday show, the the show, those are never available anyways, but there's nothing you need to see from those shows. I mean, mm-hmm. everything's the usual. I think that I think that the one thing I can take away from this trip, though, is if I'm planning to do another week in Mexico City, that I would ensure, I wouldn't book so early until I knew for sure that there were going to be a couple of like really standout shows that I can be at, because I've experienced Mexico enough where I don't need to be sitting in Arena in Alcapan, for example, for the third time a week on a Thursday watching Impost, not Herodes Jr., Sangre Chicana Jr., and... Ricky Marvin stink up the joint in a, a Tom Hickles match or an undercard women's match. Like I can find better things to do with my time. That's not something I need to be there live to see. So I would definitely hold out for a bigger type show.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I think if you're, if you haven't gone to Mexico at all, going to any of the shows was pretty good. At yeah. We've gone to some, we've gone to enough shows that we want to kind of pick like the best shows that would make it more while.
1: Right, like I enjoyed myself far more from Friday to Sunday watching the TJ and Riot thing than I did all combined, those Mexico City shows that I was at. So, yeah, I would definitely schedule trips around big shows rather than, hey, I just want to spend a week here in Mexico City and I'll catch any show that's available, especially now that, I mean, this is a whole other discussion, but the CML quality has kind of really dipped since when we started going back in like 2013. We're like... Even back then, the Tuesday show was kind of good, but not great. And now it's like, I, I just skim it on the internet. Why would I want to sit through it live for two hours?
0: It's so weird, because if you go even further back than that, when we were getting Contended Trace, it was the much better show to watch than the Friday shows at times. It, that partly because Friday show was, added like, crap, but the Tuesday shows had better and more interesting matches often, and it just completely switched. And now, not that the Friday show has gotten that much better, because it, it's gone down way hill.
1: And it's funny because I saw the solution: Super Astro Jr. versus Coyote, two young guys having a good match. If if they could put at least two of those on every Tuesday, that show would actually be redeemable. But instead, they don't. And what was the lightning match this week? Whatever it was, it, you know.
0: Oh, no, I do This week was the exception because it was Audaz versus Tiger, but they did Right. We get some Polvor versus Sagrado matches thrown in there. It's not not good for them, and it's not good for anyone watching it.
1: Or like Flyer versus Okumura, where like Okumura goes over. What is the point of even booking this in the first place? Stuff like that. But the Friday when I was in TJ, they did a Universal tournament. Do we need to talk about that?
0: Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Are you, do you have Twitter open while you're talking?
1: Mm, I do not. Am I missing something?
0: So we're going to, this is going to time stamp when we're talking about this right now. But they announced that, well, earlier they announced that Dragon Bane was out of the six way. Who do you think they put in the spot? Who do you think they flew in to put in the spot?
1: So it's an American?
0: No, it's a Mexican. I'll give you that.
1: Who did they fly in to take, why did they take Dragon Bane out? That's weird. Um...
0: I, I think he just did not make the show.
1: Dragon Bane, who did they fly in? I'm guessing a CMLL guy. Am I right? Yes. So let's go with Flyer.
0: Exactly right.
1: Wow, how about that?
0: That's the good thing. And then the other thing is that the women's match is going on, and it's now for the Crash Woman's title, because they vacated that title too.
1: Of course. That was the
0: only title they had not vacated yet.
1: You know, Crash titles are very important
0: they the, the continuity, the who has them, the beating the other person. Oh, Lady Flammer is the new champion. That's big news.
1: Unbelievable. I think if we do a oral history of crash titles, it's champion vacate, champion vacate, yeah. champion vacate.
0: Yes. Yeah. Or champion vacate and then unvacate because someone made fun of them on Twitter. Maybe <laughs> maybe that happened. Who can say? Um, yeah, we've got some other stuff to talk about besides the shows you went to. And if I remember where I put my notes, I could tell you what those were. Um The Universal Tournament's going on. The Universal Tournament was really weird because the Universal Final is Niebla Roja versus Terrible. And I think no one in the world had that as the final. And it might be a good match.
1: Man, if you made me, if I made you, if you made everybody on Twitter put together a list of like the 10 possible finals, nobody would have had Niebla Roja Terrible. No, I
0: I think both fear at best as guys who can make it to the final to lose to someone much more important. I think it's interesting that they're getting me the, this seems like I don't know the hue, but it seems like this is going to be Niabla Roja eventually winning this because that Touer doesn't really need to win this champion this twice unless he's got a big hair match coming up later this year. So it's interesting that they're so far behind Diablo Roja that they're trying to make him into a top guy or whatever the equivalent of the top guy is after winning the Universal tournament. I, I think he's been good. I think he's been much improved from where he was before he lost his mask. But it's still surprising that he would have been the guy that they were run with.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I could see Nebula Rocco winning it, just like you said. And the reason, like, I never thought Ultimo Guerrero stood a chance because it was kind of leaked to me that he's got something else cooking. So I just presumed he has no chance, but he might set up who the winner is going to be. I never thought that it would be Nebula Roja. I thought Diamante Azul. I think we were all sure it was going to be Diamante Azul, or Volador Jr. One of the two. They've never done Volador Jr. versus or Arena Mexico, so that seemed logical. But they just picked Nebula Roja out of nowhere. I I just ended up watching Block A today. I watched Block B live yesterday when it was going on, and I can I mean I put over the tournament this year. I thought I thought Block B especially had some really ma- interesting matches. Like you would never have thought that. Diamante Azul was going to be in the first round against Ultimo Guerrero. I thought some of the matches last night were actually good by CML tournament standards. And then when I watched last week, I thought that the uh, Dragon Lee basically carried the tournament on his own and the Dragon Lee Terrible match was the best out of all the tournament matches combined.
0: I think if I, in the perfect world, I would have rather, if they were going to put do a weird final, I would have see, rather seen the Dragon Lee Terrible match be the actual final. But I think in the situation where CML is not sure what Jared Lee's future is with them, I think it makes more sense to put a guy like Nia Barroja and see how he does.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. And I I would be more of a fan. Like, we always complain about CML tournaments. But I would be more of a fan of these tournaments if the results were more unpredictable like this one because I think everybody was expecting, like every CML tournament, the Final Four. It's going to be a pick between Ultimo Guerrero, Volter Jr., Caristico... And then you rotate in and out a cast of cast the characters of like Diamante Azul, Rush, Mister, or not even Mystico. He never gets there. It's always the same guys. So nice to see something a little more fresh in the first time. I'd be far more inclined to watch the tournaments if you knew that anybody had a chance to win instead of as soon as you look at the brackets, you know who's going to end up at the end.
0: yeah, uh, and it it's still they were did it in the way where it just didn't feel like a random person was picked that they Niblo Roja looked impressive enough and beat the right people on the way that felt mm-hmm. like it was a meaningful win for him. But they are I mean between this and giving him a feud with Luciferno, they've been doing some some unusual things with him lately. It seems like he's stepped up to it. I, I the Luciferno singles match wasn't as good as I hoped, but it wasn't on Neil which It was just that How dare the, you? That Luciferno probably would have been a lot better if they gave him this push about ten years earlier. <laughs> it was it was only really something different and just the willingness to experiment is a good sign for somewhat promotion that outside of bringing in the indie guys have played they've gone with the same guys for so long that's really taking the shine off those guys so if they're going to give new guys real chances and as long as this is going to be like where valiente won the universal tournament and then it was never mentioned again and it was the same position as always um if the able roja if this is the beginning of things for nia Roja. For 2019, that would be probably a a good deal overall.
1: Yeah, we bury Simo a lot, but and I don't want to jinx it or anything, but we have seen a little bit of experimentation starting at the end of the year into this year, like how they gave the title to La Metallica, which wasn't Marcelo or Dallas, so it's something new. And getting Luciferno the title shot, like you mentioned, it's been, you know, something different. Or like when they, went, they had Templario go to the finals against... Sanson, you know, just slowly but surely, just a couple more names being tossed into the mix. And CML is always more fun when it's like that and you don't have to sit through another singles match with Stuka versus Ultimo Guerrero.
0: Yeah. So um that's the highlight of CML. The low light is that there's not that much else going on in the other shows. I think the Atlantis Junior Fulano the Atlantis Fulano stuff has been sufficient it's been better it's like the equivalent of the triple a blue demon wagner feud except it's more interesting at this point i'm not sure i think the sons are probably better than the i think i'm more interested in them than the wagner son but they're still not really where they need to be in the ring for what the push is but i get i think they wanted to do it before the the newness wore it off i'm not sure if the fans really care about this much as they're pushing it at this point, but I think they are going to place with
1: it. I mean, we'll see. Homenaje Dos uh, Leandas should be basically a month away, maybe six weeks at most. We were talking about this before we went on the air. I think it's the H2L build because they're doing all the stuff that CML likes to put in the video packages. You were a little more tepid on that.
0: Yeah, because I just it just doesn't feel like Atlantis doing Atlantis in a big match on a uh, in March, doesn't make sense when they're so used to doing it in September. It, it could be that they, I could even believe that they have like a special tag team match and it's not the above match and they save that for later on. But it's, it's a, it seems like if it was going to happen, we should be more clear that's going to happen at this point. And there's kind of, they're still leaving a little bit vague.
1: And like you said, there's been literally nothing else built, not one single other thing. The only thing you mentioned this off the air would be like if this nebla rocha terrible thing means they're doing a hair match out of it. Right. And. But I don't know. I don't see. I don't see it. Maybe.
0: There'd have to be something pretty big to happen next week to set that up. So, uh, I think we, if we don't know, if we don't have a pretty strong idea of who's going to be in that match next week, then something who's going to be headlining the the March 1. by the end of next week's show, that something's really gone off the rails.
1: For sure. I mean, they built out Microman versus Chamuel at Arena Sale tonight.
0: No, that's, that's an Arena Coliseo the viewed.
1: <laughs> By the way, how do you like that? CML is now doing video promos after matches in the aisle at Arena Sale, but they cannot put any of the matches up. It's incredible.
0: It's just the policy that they do promos at every show. They've been doing that for a while. Especially, They usually only do it after a lightning match, but it's obviously a rule that whoever is in charge of social media, there has to do at least one promo per show.
1: What a weird company. I have more about how weird they are, but I'll save that for the Astica TV conversation.
0: Um, is there anything else in CML that really needs worth talking about? I don't... It doesn't really feel like... It's like... Hopefully, they bring back more people hopefully it, the best promotion was last year was when they had outsiders coming in so we haven't seen la park in a while we saw phoenix and panther just for the one match and if they don't get them in soon i'm concerned that we won't get to see them again at any point but they were so busy and occasionally hurt that we might not get to see them there's oh. my email ring oh my website's on again um but I, there's really not much talk about with cml
1: nope so, Which brings us to a company that has a lot to talk
0: about. Triple A, who um, surprised everyone, who wasn't really paying attention with the news that they were off Televisa, and then a few days later announced that they were on, they had moved to TV as Azteca. And if you kind of backtrack and think about it, this probably had been in the works for a few weeks, and it was just the Super Bowl was the day that they wanted to announce it, because that would be the day where it get the most attention. And it says a lot about their relationship, between the two companies, that they wanted to give them that moment to to talk about them, to, to promote AAA. I mean, the TBS that when a lot of people are going to be watching their cha- channel, and that they've given them a lot of media attention in the day since. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, I think it's, uh, I think it seems like a pretty good upgrade for AAA. I, I don't like the Friday time slot. I think that's it, it's a tough to get people to tune in Friday afternoon, but otherwise, it seems like TVS Tech is far more interested in promoting the show, where this seemed like some legacy program that Televisa was treating like they were obligated to put it on, but were really no longer interested in promoting it. I remember they have the same website page for the AAA show on the Televisa website for about a decade and a half. and was vastly out of date, but you could tell that no one was cared enough to update it or even make sure that the links and images still worked on the page. And obviously they're going to, they, meanwhile, Azteca put the AAA wrestlers on every show they could think of next week, this past week. So I think obviously the, the honeymoon will be there. They'll have a great, they'll have a lot of promotions the first few weeks when it was literally very late. They were really behind it for a few weeks and then they seem like they kind of moved it to different times and it did work from there even before they thought it with CML. So there's no guarantee that, that Azteca will keep with it if they if it does not if they get a little antsy. But I think it's obviously it's something worth trying. And if it doesn't work, they still have it's not like they have space, they have multimedia, they have twitch. So this seemed like the a good time to take a chance like this.
1: I mean, I have a lot to say, but since I saw CML CMLL in the brain and you just mentioned the thing I wanted to mention, is you don't like the time slot. And I think I kind of agree with you, but I will say this, this time slot would have been fucking perfect for CMLL to have. If you have your guys on national TV, people end up coming across the show on a Friday, like at five o'clock, and then they're like, hey, this looks kind of cool. They realize, oh, I can just go to Arena Mexico and see another show tonight. I think there's nothing more perfect than that.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that could be the hard sell throughout the show. So that's, that's the opportunity missed.
1: Right. And that's why, you know, we, we addressed this on Twitter this week. Both of us came to the same conclusion, which is obviously the right conclusion, that CML was stupid to not have this deal, no matter what they say to Estel, which clearly comes from Julio Cesar Rivera. And it's just so dumb because there's nothing more perfect. Like, this should have been CMLL's slot. and a story. And now AAA has it, and we'll see what they do with it. I'm fascinated to see if this means, because yesterday on the taping we saw more. Back, we saw a couple of backstage segments. I wonder if that's going to be the return of that, because they're going to have two full hours. And their last TV shows have been, what, one hour and 30 minutes?
0: Yeah, the most recent. They, I think going back to when CML got dropped from, from that channel, they increased it to 90 minutes, and that's how they've been since then.
1: So they got to fill another half an hour. We'll, I assume it'll be with more stuff like that. I hope it is because that's the kind of stuff that builds up characters and builds up storylines that that you need. You need to have interest. You can't be just putting matches out there. That was the whole thing when AAA originally started on Televisa was Antonio Pena promised a different product with more characters and sh- more show because all CMO was doing was just putting matches on TV and nobody wants to watch just matches being put on TV. So I think AAA will be good at that. It'll be fascinating. Like Everything you said, I, I'm i curious if more details come out about the money situation and everything, because that's the main thing for me. Like, how much money are they actually putting into this? Yeah.
0: I, you know, on Space, on the show that eventually airs on YouTube, they do a lot of also in-between matches, features, like sit-down interviews, who is um, features like with, each individual wrestler, I think went through most of the roster by the end of the year. And I think that's the kind of thing that would help just to get over the characters and also just to get over the, just to spend more time to slow down, to explain who people are. There's a lot of things with Lucia Libre shows and with wrestling shows in general, it, they expect that the person watching this um, knows all these characters already or they do the WAV thing where they over-explain things. There has to be kind of like a nice little middle where if you are new to the show or if you're interested more than what they've shown in the ring, you can find out more about them. And I think that's something that CML doesn't do at all, because you just get the very generic characters and very generic promos afterwards. And I think AAA and the stuff that they've put on YouTube has done a better job of that.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to see though, because it starts this Friday, right?
0: It starts this Friday.
1: So we'll see how it plays out. And the the thing is, I'm also curious like, you know, AAA is hyping this as a, AAA is clearly hyping this. They, they leak new stories to all the papers and like Dorian Roldan is retweeting like crazy the same article and everything. But I wonder how big of a deal it is in the back of my mind every time. I see that there's another day, and they're doing tapings on Twitch, because if if this was a big money deal, like the WWE deals, right? Like WWE just signed with Fox. How would Fox take it if WWE said, well, the show's going to be on at 8 p.m., but we're going to stream it live at six on our network or on on Facebook or whatever? Like Fox would be like, are you out of your mind? We're paying this much money to have a live to have it on our channel. Why would why would we agree to that? Whereas Triple A is airing everything on Twitch, for example. We don't even know what the first show is going to be. Is it going to be yesterday?
0: Yeah, we don't know. It wouldn't make sense more if it was the Mexico City show, From but that means that they're going to air something that's aired on at least two channels already and maybe streamed already.
1: So, a month old. Yeah. So, like, you know, people have had, even if it is this this the show that we just saw yesterday, I mean, I went on YouTube earlier to find a couple clips. It's all over YouTube because people recorded the stream off Twitch. So is there really a lot of money coming in from Mastica TV if they're fine with the everybody? The, all the hardcore fans have seen it already. So people who tune in, and they're hardcore AAA fans, who are the ones who are going to know that the show exists, You know, are they going to stay and watch something they've seen already? Probably not. And are the newer fans going to watch it? I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. We'll, we'll have access to ratings, right?
0: I Ratings are inconsistent in Mexico. They're not like... It like how people can look up a website and find out all the ratings, It a, a third party website find all the ratings. Some of the, there are a couple people who seem like they they track the bigger shows, but usually just in prime time. So 430 show may not come up. It may come up like the first couple of weeks, but I don't expect to see it weekly.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just curious how this will all play out. It'll be very interesting because I think it's it's a fact that it's a one year deal, right?
0: Yeah, that's that, Well, that's what Leo Ronaldo's report. So we'll, we'll say that's probably a fact.
1: <laughs> now I'm going to say, so it's definitely not a one year deal then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see because this is the year to prove itself. If there is some money being put in, you would think that we're getting a big match at Triple Mania because now that you have this national TV, I don't think Cycloclan versus a Scorpion does it. I think that if they're going with Blue Damon Jr. and Wagner, you know, it'll start tomorrow. We'll start seeing the big hype for it.
0: You know, I, I think it's interesting because if you go back, it's clearly the deal with Wagner and Psycho Clown being following the McGregor and Mayweather fight. Because so I saw an interview with um, Dorian who even mentioned this. That was the one that really got AAA A got Triple so many viewers and proved that they could be in a big con in a big slot. That if that with that number, I think probably got them this deal because they wouldn't have been as as big a property to TB second if they could without having proved that they could draw that much in a big spot. But that also requires that I'm sure second is planning on erring triple mania in some sort of big way. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna want to have um they're gonna want to have some a similar caliber match. So if that's Demon versus Wagner, then that's what it is. Um I'm not sure if it's that can be that big of a match, but I don't think they have a big match. I don't think they have a bigger match without having we're out costing him a lot of money to buy someone's mask up at this point.
1: Honestly, I I could see it being another one of those Cage Four ways, and just put Psycho and a Scorpion in it because you need Psycho there, obviously. A Scorpion's too obvious of a loser, but that's how you get Demon and Wagner, Demon and Wagner involved because I don't think either Demon's losing his mask or Wagner's losing his hair. So you stick them in there. You have four guys, and then a Scorpion loses in the end. Everybody say it's predictable, but you still have all the stars in there, and it doesn't matter at the end. I mean, that's just what it looks like now. For all I know, L.A. Park could suddenly realize, you know, oh, I want to be on Azteca TV and sign up to do the match that they built up at last Triple Mania.
0: It does feel like they're still holding out hope that they're going to get L.A. Park back in the ball somehow, and that's why they haven't announced anything. But yeah. I don't, I don't think that's... I would not also bet on that happening at all.
1: Not... I mean, I don't know. Now while he's doing all his U.S. gigs and making money there, I would say. So, okay, this is kind of combining two things, but...
0: Do you think the reason they're – if they're doing Atlantis for Volano in March, does that mean they're saving September? Because I think they're doing Rush versus L.A. Park?
1: Yeah, that was my prediction on the Joe Gagne prediction show. I think they are doing Rush versus L.A. Park at Arena Mexico this year. So
0: if they're actually going to do that, does that mean that – that means L.A. Park is off the table for Triple TripleMania. Because can't, oh, we tried to do that last year. That did not work out. I'm not sure. I mean,
1: I would presume so, but I mean, if he's winning and Triple Mania is on August 3rd, as the I think that is the date, right?
0: That's the date.
1: I mean, that's six more than six weeks before when the anniversary show would be. Not like last year where I think there was only like a three-week gap between the anniversary and Triple Mania. So I think CML might be more okay with it because they don't need to do, you know a huge build for LA park versus rush. He can just show up after his triple mania match. And then they still have five weeks to do whatever they want to do. But I do think it's happening this year.
0: I think and I'm not sure about anything. I think it's, they've been clear to kind of hint at the idea that still might happen even on Twitter, but until LA park shows up again and CML, I'm not sure. But on the other hand, if I was CML, I wouldn't want him in until I know all that matches. Um, to happening because it can keep on changing
1: but you never know that's the problem i mean you who can trust park when he says yes that it's going to happen or no unless they have pen to paper but even then i'm not even sure if you can trust park
0: yeah that's true Um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting um way how that works out because i don't
1: know there are no obvious big matches this year that's one of the things It'll be interesting to see which promotion jumps out first and actually puts something official out there.
0: Right. So and then
1: Rush is working ROH. I think he made his debut tonight. Right.
0: He, official he, debut. Official debut. Because it kind of follows up on what he does in December. So if you're not a person who's following the internet stuff, we just think it's probably a follow-up. But he should be a full-time guy working most every Ringer Bonner show from here. Uh, CML tried to portray it as a interchange and that – Nothing was changing, but he's definitely changing that at least as long as this contract lasts that Ring of Honor is his number one promotion. So we might not see him as much in CML a few days, but, I mean, even I, I, he's still got plenty of other weekday shows that he can work. It's just going to be a little bit less on Fridays, I think, and not working the pointless Saturday and Sunday shows.
1: Yeah, and R.O.H. doesn't run every week anyway, so he can come back. It's just a matter of... You know, he, this might even help him because he won't be so overexposed in CMO.
0: Right. And he will, He working with other people outside the people he's already working with would probably help him. You can see that he's more motivated when he works with guys like L.A. Park and with Pentagon. So mm-hmm. maybe finding out more different people instead of working with Diamante every three days would probably help him out mentally.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch the match at Arena Mexico last night, but some people were saying he was trying a couple of new things. So... He's clearly motivated to get better in ROH. I heard that even when he made his debut in MLW, he was asking people for advice on stuff he can do to stand out because he knows he has to be a little different in the United States than he is in Mexico, obviously. I think, of course, I think we talked about this on the last show. The main challenge is going to be getting him to lose because he doesn't lose regularly. And I don't know how happy he's going to be, you know, taking losses, let's say, on a random ROH house show event versus... Matt Haven or one of the guys in Matt Haven stable. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, I think if I had to pick Bandito or Rush, who's going to end up being more successful in ROH? My money would be on Bandito.
0: Yeah, I think Bandito fits what Ring of Honor has traditionally done, rather than Rush. But it does not. But I think the I think Ring of Honor, in a way, is trying to is trying to prove a point by doing well by both of them. I don't think anyone is going to be I think I don't think anyone is going to end up do badly. I think they're they're invested in trying to make both of these things work. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, think, I think just Bandito is going to just naturally get over with their core audience by their while Rush may be bringing in a different group of bands.
1: And I mean, I was almost positive that they were going to do Rush versus Taven or something along those lines at MSG. But after the taping tonight, it looked like Taven was being set up for something else. But the R which does have like a Vegas pay per view before msg so maybe they're just killing time and we do actually end up with rush versus taven
0: it's kind of unclear because because obviously russia's still involved in the with the kingdom so um they may do it may be a situation where they're doing one before the other we just don't know which ones they're going to do
1: yep and that's it right because i mean he's not working there's no mlw mlw is going to do la park versus penta jr pentagon jr Officially, on the WrestleMania weekend show, and there's the whole situation with the Lucha Brothers there, but that's about it for Luchadors in the United States, right? Um,
0: Unless I'm blanking on someone. I mean Ultimo Ninja. Starting with MLW. um, I would expect, since their MLW success has been based on bringing in Luchadors that I would expect that more people will be popping in, like Rayors and Rosar did on the last Mm -hmm. two shows. But, um, and because... Bandido hasn't been getting over, I think that will also open up doors for the people looking for their own Bandidos. It's, it's clear that it seems, I, it's clear maybe overstating, it seems pretty likely that WD's um, surge in interest in using both Andrade and Humberto Carrillo is related to Bandido going elsewhere and Bandido doing well elsewhere. So um, that those guys getting over will only help more people get opportunities.
1: Yep, and like I said, I, I don't call it an actual push for Andrade until he beats someone other than Rey. Do you think they end up doing Mask versus Hair at WrestleMania?
0: I don't think they're that interested in doing that kind of stipulation. I don't think that's a big deal for them, so I don't think they'll do that.
1: But haven't they been trying to do for like fucking six or seven years already the thing where everybody wears a Rey mask at WrestleMania?
0: I haven't heard that mentioned this time around. It was like the last time it was in, definitely that came up. I don't, but they might not still have that idea.
1: All right, well, we'll see. So
0: the other thing we have to talk about that's on the list is Phantasma, who, um, in between challenging Phoenix for a match that does not seem like happening unless they're doing a really long build for TripleMania, <laughs> um, also also decided to get himself into some legal matters sometime recently as the news came out that he had sued the producer, El Rey, and the people behind Literature Underground in a couple different ways to get money he felt he was owed by being stuck in that contract and to get out of the contract entirely, something that other people, uh, Joey Ryan, Ivelisse, Thunder Rosa, have also signed. It sounds like... it. Neither of us are legal experts. We have no idea. So maybe you have a better idea, but I have no idea if it's actually going to go anywhere. But it sounds like something that was probably overdue considering how bad one side of those contracts were and how long it seems to be taking for not even just for seasons to get started, but the decisions to see if the season is going to happen. Um, these It was a ridiculously long time between season three and season four. And if there's a season five, it's already been a ridiculous time before just finding out if it's even going to take place. So I think even people who are high on Lucha Underground are kind of ruining for Phantasma's lawsuit, either itself to work or to prompt Lucha Underground to do something, anything at all at this point.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest surprise—you said it on Twitter yourself—is that it was a Mexican guy who initiated it. Yeah. I think uh, this is long, long overdue.
0: It, it seemed like, especially there were, there were, it was never totally public, but there were obviously issues. Choose between with triple a warning the wrestlers to stay with triple a or the lucha underground situation be in trouble but it does not seem like it works the other way where it's it there's no way you could have told tell you could have tell that um phantasma was in any trouble this week with triple a pissy was just like he normally has been on the saving and we don't know we know that the lawsuit became public this past week but if the We don't know when Phantasma filed that. Triple A could have known about this for a while. There's been no sign that Phantasma has been downplayed anyway on those TV tapings. They haven't had much for him to do, but that doesn't, that's just like the general not having much for him to do. He's not like losing to Nino Hamburgis in the opener or anything, or fighting a woman in the singles match or anything like that.
1: Drago taking the title from him, was a little bit of a surprise?
0: That was a little bit of a surprise, but the way they've obviously positioned where it's like they're taking the title off. The title they don't care about off of him to set up for him because they want him to focus on the mega championship and like, I, I, there's no certainties, but obviously seems like the plan is that when Phoenix they're trying they like to move the tile from Phoenix to Phantasma before Phoenix leaves sound.
1: Yep. So, I mean, my thoughts on this are, I hope he succeeds because I'm a big fan of wrestlers never being held hostage. Uh, no matter what the company, I've complained about it in WWE a million times, so it would be unfair if I didn't complain about the same with Lucha Underground. Have you ever seen the movie Me, Myself, and Irene with Jim Carrey? I don't think so. So there's like a scene where they come across uh, an injured horse as they're driving. And it's like, you know, the girl's like, you got to put the horse out of its misery. It's in pain. It's dying. Just shoot it in the head. We're, let's be done with this. It's that that horse is how I see Lucha Underground. Like it's over. I mean, they may exist in name and in the fact that they have guys under contract and if somebody comes along who can give them money, but it's dead. And it was dead before they filmed that awful season four, but for whatever reason they found a new venue and they did it in season four. There's no reason for there to be a season five. This this company is not growing. This is this is blatantly obvious this company is not going to make money it's never made money whatever interest they had in mind of how to make money on season 1 it's in far past impossible at this point so even if you ran a season 5 you would have to have, you would think you would have to have a meeting with the talent that like these are our goals and objectives by running all this and i can't think of a single thing that they would tell like can you tell me one thing they could tell the talent that would be a reason to run season 5 they've already reached the 100 episodes right
0: right they had yeah because they gave up the t-shirts
1: so what is the point of running season five what are we building to a live touring are we building to a, to somebody actually paying us money to do this show where we can make a profit on it Are there is there merchandise coming no there's nothing coming and i feel terrible for these wrestlers like some of them signed these seven-year contracts back when they had no other options this was like their first chance to like Nobody was signing, there was no bidding war for Phoenix and Penta back in 2014 when these contracts were signed. And nobody knew that they were, it was going to take off the way it was. They were going to become stars like this. Everybody who's gotten out has had to fight. Like, didn't we hear that Angelico and Cobb had to fight to get out, right? Uh,
0: that's the rumor, that, that, those guys rumor were, yeah. that those guys had to get way Obviously, Angelico was public about it. Um, not coming for those tapings and uh, posting a state and not and being done with AAA. So there's obviously stuff that's gone on there that got serious enough that he had to do a public statement about it. Um, and then Cobb was not too quiet about how upset he was about being stuck in that contract and wanting to be out and having other deals f- for him. So, and he noticeably, it was it was kind of interesting that he was part of ring of honor and a very push part of ring of honor, even while those tapings were going on. So, I think if which lends credence to the, the belief that he had some he had some legal help to get out that deal a lot quicker than some other people have been able to.
1: And then there are people like Cobra Moon, for example, who was under contract, as far as we know, appears to still be under contract because she's part of this lawsuit, right. But yet still is working a different company that has national TV, not national TV, but has TV Women of Wrestling under. I think she works there under Cobra Moon. So, like, how is that possible? It seems like everybody's got their own individual story to tell when it comes to Lucha Underground contracts, but the people who mostly seem to be screwed are the ones who are tied into AAA in some way, which is fascinating because I didn't see AAA or Dorian named in the whole lawsuit, right?
0: No. Uh, What we believe is that the Baba G production company that's that's named in there is like the official ownership. So it may be that AAA and MGM and whoever else invests in the company own parts of that company. Um, MGM is definitely listed as one of the people on the board of the directors. But we don't, but Dorian himself did not get mentioned. The only time Dorian did get mentioned this week, which is kind of related is when Dorian got mentioned as a thank you for, um, helping out AEW and AEW mentioning that they are going to do an agreement with AAA. So it's a weird solution. As best as anyone can figure, um, Dorian had to give permission to allow Penta and Phoenix to work in AEW, which seems like a weird situation because they're not using their AAA names very very noticeably, but they're still having to get approval to work these dates, which is one of the issues with these Lucha Underground contracts.
1: And one of the things that's obvious too is that they're not included, as far as we know, in the civil in the, yeah, the second part. What do you call it? The class action lawsuit.
0: Yeah, because they would they would make sense for both parts. they would make sense for wanting to get the release, and they obviously have had offers from WWE, AEW, Impact, and other people who have signed them long term deals. They get work every place, but if they were able to sign one place exclusively, they probably get a lot better deal and. So they have the same argument that Fantasma has, but they noticeably at this point at least have not signed on for the same things that Phantasma wants.
1: Yeah. And you know, that the whole letting them work AEW could be like a, a, a not a sign, uh, you know, like, hey, here's uh I'm giving you something, you give me something by not joining the civil action by the class action lawsuit. Yeah. Could be a little give and take. And I mean, it's just I don't know, the the ending to this. It just seems like this has to be the end. This Lucha Underground, like you you mentioned on Twitter, right? That uh, Lucha Underground is not going to shut itself down, but bad publicity and a threat of a lawsuit that could be the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it, the
0: situation with with season four is that even the production company. I mean, the reason they would want to make season five is that MGM would make money off of it, and maybe the owners would make a little bit of money off of it. But even in season four, if you listen to the 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 interviews afterwards, it sounds like they had to cut it so to the bone that it wasn't like anyone was really making money off it once it was out there. So, I it's like, unless they have a fairy godmother who comes down with a whole bunch of money who wants to give them for no particular reason, I, I don't understand why it would happen. If And if that person existed, why did they exist between season three and season four when they were looking for money just as much? I I, I don't know what they're going to find, what they haven't found before unless there's just, unless there's just someone comes out of the woodwork that just like has the streaming network who really needs some content out of nowhere. And they decide that they want their own money at Lucha Underground. That's a kind of like the long shot that they're looking for. And I'm not sure why at this point, the uh, streaming company would do that with Lucha Underground, rather than, rather than just choose their own, just create their own Lucha or own wrestling thing from the scratch and start from there. It's, it's it's confounding how this is actually a thing that people are talking about more than just like just double checking for a week. Oh, no one wants to give us money. Okay. We can move on. It really should not be something that should linger forever, but it's February. And I still don't expect, I think it's going to linger for a couple more months before we get any answers.
1: Yeah. And I feel for the guys, like I said, I mean, this is the, I think we talked about on the last podcast. This is a great era to be a wrestler because everybody's offering contracts it will dry up eventually because people will fill up their rosters and, or will realize that maybe some of these contracts aren't worth what we're actually paying for. So we need to think more physically, what makes sense physically or physically, yes, money-wise basically, instead of, you know, what we think makes sense. So, I mean, a guy like Fantasma is a guy who probably would get a WWE offer if he could get out of this contract or for all we know, he could get an AEW offer. I don't know their position on him, and they
0: were—they're were definitely teasing the idea because they were, def- and he was definitely teasing the possibility himself And Cody started following him the other day, so it's not—it's yeah. not impossible.
1: So we'll see how it all—we'll see how it all plays out. I hope that we're not doing a podcast a year from now and this is all still in limbo, because I would love to put Lucha Underground to bed. I—I I wish we would have put it to get, bed before that awful season four, but. I mean, look, their their big star is a guy who just won an MMA match, right? Who's to say he even wants to come back?
0: And he was hinting that he's not under contract, which is kind of amazing about how they built the whole season around him if they would let him out after one year. So there's all sorts of – someone after this is done – there's a lot it used to be efforts done i wanted all the storylines that didn't make sense or that didn't finish off where they were going i wanted the explanation now the explanation is i want to know what was the deal with all the different contracts because that's the bigger mystery of the show at this point it's not who's going to be the seventh god or how are the guys going to come back the rally to win in the end of the season five which is obviously the plan it's like like, it make sense of what you guys were doing with all these deals and why did why did we never get the touring and everything else? Who's, who was responsible and what happened there? Because it's more interesting than actually seeing another match like this.
1: I wonder who would actually be the person. First of all, who would go on record saying that stuff to you, and second of all, would you actually believe it?
0: Well, I believe it. I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure no one's gonna go on record. But behind the scenes, maybe they would. They might might tell someone who might tell me. Uh, even then, I'm not holding out too much hope. And you want to know one more weird thing about Lucha Underground? Someone mentioned this to me on Twitter, and I didn't believe it until I saw it today. Is that Underground is back on the LRA right network next week? They are, huh. they are airing the from the first episode starting Wednesday. Do you know what time during it on Wednesday?
1: Uh, 8 p.m. 4 a.m.
0: 4 a.m. Yeah. So, they're. Earring, it looks like they're going to air an episode every day starting at 4 a.m. This has to be some sort of legal contract thing where they have to keep showing episodes every so often to keep the rights, or something like that. So that's just, the the only reason you do it at 4 a.m. is because you legally have to do something. So
1: filler, filler, just filler programming.
0: It it's just like we have to. If we don't use it, we lose its situation.
1: Yeah.
0: So. I'm sure there's a piece of the puzzle, but I don't. I, can't, I don't have enough pieces to figure out what the whole thing, the puzzle, is supposed to look like.
1: Just add it to the list of weird things that Lucha Underground does that nobody can ever explain and doesn't seem to help them in any way. No. What a mess.
0: It's it's all very strange. But what a mess. Hopefully, it will be resolved by next time we talk about this in podcast. But I don't think, unless we wait a long time to do another podcast, I don't think that'll happen.
1: Which hopefully we won't be because, Will, uh, do you want to tell them or should I?
0: Um, yeah. So when we were talking, I was finally booking my flights for WrestleMania weekend because I'm not going out for that. And uh, that was the night where PWG tickets were on sale. I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm pretty sure because it's Bandito versus Jeff Cobb. I don't know about anyone else. I, I, but I think you're on the same board here. I think that's Bandito is going to win the titles that night. So I kind of was, like, interested in it, but I thought, ah, eh, well, no. Do I really want to go? And then the tickets just kept sitting there and sitting there. And the good thing about tickets being more available nowadays, because they're still there, I I them now, is that if you have a impulse to buy them, you can actually buy them. So let me go on in 30 seconds. So I kind of bought a ticket to, to see PWG and then kind of figure out how I was going to get to PWG later. Um. And then you reminded me that The Crasher's running that weekend, too. So we're going to try to hit up both shows that weekend.
1: Yes, sir. We are going to go. PWG, watch Bandito win the title. Fingers crossed. Not a spoiler. I don't know anything. But that's my main reason for going. We're going to see Loretto Kid versus Puma. We're going to maybe, I hope, see Phoenix and Penta versus LAX versus the Rascals. Because what we didn't mention yet is that Phoenix actually suffered an injury at a W last night. Yeah,
0: that's they, the other thing I wanted to mention when we were talking about that Phoenix and Penta obviously have an A W contract waiting for them, but the this is, but them being booked everywhere is not a long-term great solution because the, if that was a more serious injury and Phoenix was out a long time, maybe they would sign him like they signed Joey Janela, but they probably would not be signing him for the same amount. And that's the thing that, that those guys are playing at risk when they have to keep on taking all these bookings while waiting to find out if they can actually take a contract that someone desperately wants to give to them. So I hope the AEW stuff gets, I I hope the Lucha Underground stuff gets resolved quickly for that reason, but it does make me concerned when they're doing all this crazy scheduling that they're going to wear down. It seemed like the AEW injury itself was probably at least partly caused because they were running themselves ragged this week and they had a, they were not at their best going to that match.
1: Yeah. I mean, the weekend before they were, fuck, I can't remember. Thursday, they were like at bar wrestling Friday. They were uh, somewhere else Saturday. They were in MLW doing that awful match with the heart foundation. Then on the Sunday, they were in Oaxaca. I don't know where against Phoenix against Mystico and Cavernario. That is a rough schedule. And, I don't understand. I mean, I'm kind of friends with those guys, and I talk with them sometimes, but I've never asked them this, but I don't know why they take these dates, because it's no secret they're one of the more higher-paid, independent guys. There's really no reason. They have to be working four straight nights or five straight nights. Next week, they have the Impact taping, so I think they're working uh, two straight nights at Impact, and then they've got another show on the Sunday. It's just insane, the, the stuff they put themselves through when they're making so much money, and I, I wonder at some point, like you said, they're going to have to cut down on it. I wonder if that might be now when they realize, listen, we we go all over the place. And this was supposed to be another four weeks, right? They were going to go to Vegas. They were going to go to Austin, Texas for AEW. Mm-hmm. Tonight, they were supposed to be in New York. Sunday, Phoenix was going to go all the way to Tepic. I'm not even sure where Penta was supposed to be, but probably a couple shows in Mexico City area. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. And they don't need to be doing it. And now more than ever, they need to be cutting down. So.
0: You know, from a as a strictly fan point, Phoenix and Penta have been really great for the last eighteen months, especially as a tag team, and or Phoenix too on its own has been great. It and they have done a lot to carry indie wrestling both in Mexico and in the U.S. Being like primary attractions that can actually bring people the the fans, and they will be desperately missed if they end up with AEW exclusively or if they end up with WWE exclusively. Mm-hmm. But, as fans of them as people, I really hope that they get that contract tomorrow and they disappear off the Indy scene. And if the indie scene is worse off, then the indie scene needs to, to live with it because it's not really good for them what they are doing. It's going to cost them. It, it may, luckily, this Phoenix injury seems like not it's not going to be a big deal, but it's, mm-hmm. it's costing them on the back end. They're not going to last. It's going to cut down the length of the career, but they're using up the whole career here. They're they're doing the Chris Hero schedule, but even like more with adding another country to the mix. And I think that also kind of probably also took a toll on Chris Hero before he went to WWE. It's it's not in their best interest to keep it up.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we're doing that PWG with those guys. And then the next night, I'm sure we'll get a lineup soon because it's not that far off for the crash after they finish their show tonight. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're not banned for burying the fact that they vacate their titles all the time.
0: No one listening to the podcast will be fine.
1: You know, the other thing about the PWG show,
0: I have the wild theory that, that that's where the young bucks are going to show up. If, if the Lucha Brothers are still in that show, if they're going to run an angle with them to build up AEW, that would be the place to run that angle. So maybe I'll be wrong, but, but I would, I'm kind of interested to see if that happens.
1: Maybe they're appearing everywhere and, I guess that's other big show coming up would be the Double or Nothing in May. And we know for sure that they're doing Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks. Sammy Guevara will be defending the AAA Cruiserweight title as far as I know. And they never said anything about specific AAA talent. So I'm going under the assumption that the whole AAA agreement is just going to be involving those guys. It it may be on the podcast that Tony
0: Khan did with Dave Meltzer it sounded like they were going to bring in other luchadors, but no names were mentioned. And I could not 100% tell if he was being secretive of it or he had not watched any AAA and did not know any names. Um, (laughs) Dave was heartbroken that Dragon Lee and Kevin weren't going to be on the show somehow. And they make the show. So we'll welcome everyone. It's like when you have an open policy thing, that's nice, but the people you work with may not have that same open policy and you kind of have to deal with that politics. But uh, Vikingo probably is the reason is a reason this is happening because Vikingo is the guy who somehow has broken out of the literature library bubble to a bigger audience. And I would expect that he'll be on that show if he's legally allowed to be in Mexico or legally clear to be in the U S but um, they were very non- specific about who's going to be there.
1: Yeah, basically what I'm saying is nobody should be holding their breath for Psycho Clown showing up to challenge Cody Rhodes or something like that. No, it,
0: it, the way they were presented, they're going to be the undercard attraction. They're going to be, I think the, the optimum that you can hope in them is that they will be the Mitra pro match on the barely legal pay-per-view where they're all self-contained and maybe they steal the show. But they are not going to be, at least anytime soon, they're not going to be involved with the bigger stuff.
1: Dude, I don't think there's any way that they bring in six AAA guys to, like to do a six-man tag. I just, I don't see it. Maybe I'm being too uh, skeptical.
0: I, I know it's a lot of money, but they're flying in the bucks in the Elite to go random places all the time at this point. So I don't think money's the option. I think it's interest. I think it's more AAA being able to sell them on the idea of doing a, six, what, a six-man match.
1: But they have the Michinoku match already with SCU versus SEMA and his two friends who aren't named yet.
0: Yeah, but that's but that's going to be but that's two different styles against each other. They don't have one. They don't have a promotion bringing their own entire match.
1: Well, we'll see how it works out. But I am sh- I'm going to go on record on this podcast and assure people, Sammy Guevara will still have that AAA Cruiserweight title come double or nothing because I think AAA wants nothing more than to possibly have him lose the title and like their Cruiserweight title get recognition as being changed on that type of show.
0: I can see why Triple A would I can see Triple A wanting to do that. I think that will do nothing for Triple because it will be just a random title that no one will have any investment in watching it. But that doesn't seem like something that AAA would do with their titles.
1: Because like if they were mad that Sammy didn't show up for a show or they wanted the title off him, they could have taken it when I was there in TJ. Yeah. They could have just stripped the title off him and announced it yesterday. You know, there's so many options. Clearly they have it on him for a reason. And uh. He, was, he brought the title there for they a reason. They
0: have a title for now for a reason. Before, well, they didn't a reason.
1: That's true. But clearly, I mean, he was told to have the title at the press conference, so yeah. it plays into the equation. Yeah. And I leave you with one question that you can answer as I stare at my computer screen. Why is Lucha Libre Independiente on YouTube uploading matches from 2017 and early 2018 today?
0: Sometimes you just find things randomly on your on your old hard drives and you put them up. I mean,
1: Unbelievable.
0: I mean if you told me that it was Maslucha doing that, I would totally believe it because they have some random stuff that goes up sometimes too. So
1: <laughs>
0: and, and no one knows the schedule or which matches are going up in fall.
1: Um So you you haven't gone around to watching the Maslucha show for Guerrero show yet?
0: I don't think there will ever be a time where I get around. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there's some good shows next week, though. The Mexican Wrestling show should be interesting. I feel like there's another show I'm forgetting about.
1: Well, there's A tomorrow, which, <laughs> as we look through the lineup, appears to have some inconsistencies.
0: Yeah, there, there's approximately zero chance we'll find out what the matches are for the whole show before mm-hmm. the show happens. They'll keep on promoting Phoenix in the match like they did today. They'll keep on promoting Sammy in the match, which I don't know if they did today, but I assume they did today.
1: Flamita, as we realized, is booked in Cuacalco in the main event, which is in Mexico City area. Plus, he's also booked on the AAA show. Yeah. We realized Drago doesn't have a match, and he's yeah, definitely going to be at the show. So it's a whole bunch of tune in and see what they decide to send out there. Hopefully, something as good as Loretto versus Taurus was on Friday. Yeah, I mean, the
0: the thing is, AAA shows make no sense or gloriously decide not to make any sense. But their quality of the mattress is pretty good lately. So. As long as you do not invest yourself at all in anything, in any of the storylines except to make fun of them, you're going to be in really good shape.
1: Yes, exactly. And we patiently await the season two of the Facebook show.
0: Yeah, Catholic, coming back is coming back really soon. So we've talked here for about an hour and a half, and I swear there's something else I wanted to bring up I forgot. I'm looking at the TV Azteca, the Azteca USA lineup right now. I do not see that show listed. Um, so I don't know if we're going to get in the U.S. or right away. But also the Azteca centrals are terrible as far as keeping up the So you may not find out about that until a couple of days before it airs. Um, but also the other thing is I think people are – are interested in seeing it because it's a little labor show. But if you already watch Twitch or YouTube, you're probably already seeing that show. You're seeing all the matches, so there's really no, there's no point if you already have a decent enough internet connection to listen to this. But people are very curious about these things sometimes. I um, mean, it, nice, it would be nice for AAA to have some sort of U.S. Pre- penetration. But I think uh-huh. it'd be like when CML was on that channel, where clearly there was. Uh, Couple hundred thousand people watching that show, but you would see it not mentioned nowhere online as existing at all.
1: I, I kind of want it to be uh, the, the usual way that Lucha Libre is presented in the US. I want the show to be two hours, but for whatever reason, the US version only airs an hour
0: of it. Yeah, there's an hour of it and only airs about 35 minutes of it with 25 minutes of commercials
1: exactly just something so crazy but at least it gives AAA the right to say they have tv in the u.s
0: um i don't think we have anything else i I remember triple a telling us that we're doing english language this year and then they've kind of they haven't come close to doing it and then they even dropped the idea of explaining what the matches were going on before the matches and now it's just rent back the random lines in the commentary um they're not rushing in the later news. They're not running New York for WrestleMania weekend, which is all for the best. We have heard about the <laughs> Madison Square Garden show in a couple weeks, which is always good because the less we hear about, it, the better off AAA is.
1: Um, not yet. We don't know for sure that they're not running WrestleMania weekend. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah, they may show up the
0: day, the, the day of the event and announce it like three hours beforehand that they're running at some place that no one's ever heard of and charge $50 for tickets. Who knows? But I mean, like, it's it's tough to figure out AAA from day to day. I mean, they had the six sided ring last night, and I have they haven't done that all year. And there's no explanation why there's suddenly a six sided ring. It just you go along with the flow with AAA. If there's suddenly four technicos on the main event against two rudos. You just go with that. So just all the sense it needs to make.
1: We've recorded too long, so I'm not going to argue with you, even though I have different opinions on the main event. But yes, you are right that nothing makes sense when it comes to AAA. We just wait for. Ray, Ray has to be announced and see Viking go beat Killer Cross to win the trophy, right? Do you think they'll actually do
0: a tournament or anything this year, or will they just do a battle royale?
1: No, they'll do a tournament, 100%. I know it. Uh, it's just a matter of which random people they're going to pick to be in the tournament, but I'm sure they'll do a tournament.
0: I think it's going to be like a Cybernetico kind of battle royale or Royal Rumble kind of thing, We're just going to be one match. It's not going to be like the four groups of four this year.
1: All right, well, we'll see. But, I mean, they did announce, the only match announced that we never even brought up was Phoenix and Penta versus the Scorpion and Tejano for the tag titles, which I think we can both agree that they want the Lucha Brothers to win, right?
0: I think so. I think, I think clearly the idea is everyone puts their tag team titles on the Lucha Brothers before they go to this Double or Nothing show. I, think, I don't think it's really in um, AAA's best interest to do that match. Because Again, we're giving another title to the Lucha Brothers, who are great. But who are never in AAA are never going to defend those titles, so they're just going to disappear for a while, and it, AAA doesn't really seem to benefit when those titles go elsewhere. So I don't understand why they would do it. I, I, I think I would just have Phoenix actually defend his title instead, but and have Pentagon being raised, but uh, that's not how they're going with it. Phoenix nor Sammy have defended their title, have they? Phoenix defended in a. Broken Down strip Mall in front of me, but not on AAA TV.
1: And Sammy defended it on a non-televised Tijuana show without the title actually being there in front of me. So, Yeah,
0: yeah. I've seen Sammy with the title plenty of times. I've not seen him defend it on AAA TV. And theoretically, we're getting a of title offense next Saturday, but I'm ready for that not to happen because that's what AAA does.
1: So basically, the only thing we're putting over in AAA is Hijo del vikingo
0: Free these life. days. You yeah. know, like, Missus is, is, like, just about as good, but he doesn't get the gifs, so he <laughs> he, so no one knows he exists. So it's poor, it's, it's, it's poor him being overshadowed by his acting partner.
1: He doesn't cool. even get, get flown for these two weekend shows where they could have used an extra body. Poor guy.
0: No, he's staying at home, wondering why he has a weird name. It is kind of weird that they gave him the name as if they were going to give him a big push, but then you just reverted to being back the third most important on that team.
1: Well, here's the A question that I meant to ask you that I forgot. So we've seen the future lineups. Is Jeff Jarrett showing up? Uh,
0: I, oh, yeah, I forgot. We, we didn't bring that up. But he's next week. Be. I do not think he's showing up. I don't think there is going to let him from a weekend, to take a weekend. I think he's probably on the road with one of the two house show groups that weekend. I, I could have gone to a house show today, and I could have found out Jeff Jarrett was there, and then we would have known if he was going to miss next week's show.
1: Wait, he's working house shows?
0: I don't think he's working in front of the camera, but I think as an agent, he's probably behind the scenes working or or helping out somewhere. Okay. But no, they have not gone as far as to put him in there. They only sa- they saved him as a big star for the TV shows. It's not going to work the loop.
1: That was unbelievable. It, it, you
0: know what? I, and when they put him on Raw, all I can think is that somewhere, someone in AAA is thinking, look, at, we were right. He... Even WWE knows that he's a big star and he should be put in the ring, <laughs> even though he's the comedy figure dealing really, dealing with someone who's very low in the tournament ball. But he's still a star.
1: All right. Well, I think we've gone too long. If we're starting to talk about WWE
0: and Drifter, yeah. So yes. we will probably do. I mean, depending on what our schedule is like when we're in PWG in the crash, we may do a podcast in a hotel or in the car someplace, or in the airport but we'll probably do a podcast sometime early march
1: Yep, sounds good.
0: Okay, thanks everyone for listening. Follow Rob on his Instagram, because that's really where he wants you to follow him nowadays.
1: Yeah, RobViper13.
0: And don't follow me at all. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so mean there, but I think that's because I'm tired. It's 12.19 now, so we should really stop this. Um, thanks for all for listening.
1: Let us know what you thought, and we'll talk to you again soon.